Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This week in league, roll up, roll up to the Manly Circus featuring the Turbros and the Backflip Brothers. David Clemmer admits he's never even heard of Aretha Franklin. Quasi Grodo may have found his golden ticket back to the ESL. Genius. And we preview all of the action for round 16 of the 2015 NRL season. Blackmore, this week in league. Welcome to episode 194 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. And we both have AIDS. Oh, I tell you, fucking sick as You're a dog. You're sitting here in a fucking blankie shivering. I'm, I'm wearing like fucking tracky dacks, shorts under the tracky dacks, long sleeve t-shirt, t-shirt, hoodie, beard. and under a blanket, beard, and I'm still like my fucking, I'm, I'm actually consciously having to sit here and not like have my teeth chattering because I'm just fucking freezing from a fever so um <clears throat> I'm hawking up land oysters left right and yeah, so you're a bit more advanced you're you're full blown if you will you're oh, yeah. in, I haven't had any fevers yet having keloid scars and <laughs> <laughs> lesions are about to appear yeah. um yeah I haven't had any fevers but uh jeez I've been coughing coughing up all sorts of gunk it's fantastic. Got fucking foreign fever. Maybe that's what it is. Foreign fever. I've got fucking <laughs> Brett Stewart at Brookvale-itis. <laughs> now, um, first thing, when we get into the mailbag thing, I, I want to give a special shout out to our fucking old mate, Trotters, aka um, at Devonhead on Twitter. AKA lots of stuff. AKA lots of things. But I mean, like on the show, we'd probably call him you know, Trotters more than anything and his Twitter handle's Devonhead. And a lot of you guys know him. And if you don't, fucking get around him. Now, this guy... Has a fair, you could get a fair few of you around him. This fucking legend. Back the wen- Go back to Wednesday. He was down in Melbourne for a holiday, um, and part of the holiday was taking in the second state Look, of origin game. let's be honest. He was in Melbourne. Having a little laid. rude. Okay. That's why he was in Melbourne. Yep. Let's be honest. So, he went down to Melbourne, to had, a little, had a little route, <laughs> went to the second state of origin game with his ref's fault scarf... In his blues jersey, the first thing someone said said to to our account during the game, or you know, it's a fucking ref's fault scarf, you know. And then and Trotters actually texted me and said, I don't know if it showed up on TV, but just when the Queensland team was running out, like I, I saw I saw the scarf, I was holding the scarf up and I saw it on the big screen at the ground. So I've gone on the fucking live stream after the game, gone to the start, like watching the whole start when the Queensland team runs out and just watch it, boom, screen capture. You're fucking right, it was not the best angle and everything, but it was you know it was visible and there you go. Fast forward to last night, I think it was, with uh, Matty Johns. Two nights ago. Two nights ago, Matty Johns. And uh, they had, you know, like a Vox Pop thing or something. With I didn't watch it, but they had a, a Vox Pop thing with Hindy and Fletch, no doubt. And right be- right behind Hindy with a photobomb drive-by with the rest vault scarf. There's Trotters again. Full view and fucking Twitter lit up. And I can't name everybody because about 20 people fucking... Fuck, it just went nuts. Who's that legend? It was, it was basically a variation of, who's that fucking legend with the rest vault scarf? Oh my God, the rest vault scarf from Matty Johns. Like... Amazing! He's the the winning the winning appearance of the rest fault scarf in media so far. So far, like, I mean, by far, Chris Blackwell. 
He was good too. He was the he, first. He and did he was a very visible. fantastic job. And it, I don't know. Look, there was. I'd love to say that we sat down and we thought about the fucking colour scheme and about how it was going to show up in, totally. in the yeah. fucking TV and, and, and in media and stuff and stand out like a, like a dog's anus. Um, fuck me. Like, it, it stands, it out, stands yeah. out. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, I love how Trotters, initially, he sees the cameras, he sees Hindy, and he's like, hey, now I've got to try and, oh, which side's the fucking rest fault stay? And then I fucking got to try and get me fucking ham hocks and get, like, he was, he had a moment, he's like, oh, I don't know if I can fucking pull this off. And he got it right, it. and then he's like, I'm going to make sure I get myself in frame here, so I'm going to fucking start from the, the right of frame, <laughs> and I'm just going to walk across all sus like, and parade it behind. And I've got the fucking stupidest look in history on my face. <laughs> no, that was that was that was the look of a champion who, who it does look of a naughty boy who looked like he was fucking <laughs> caught his hand in the cookie jar. <laughs> I tell you, that, just, that wasn't a, that wasn't a naughty boy. That was a, a fucking legend. I mm-hmm. uh, loved it, and I just the one person that I want to um, shout out to as far as sending us a notification about it, uh, Trent Slatter. He actually did a vine of it, so you can see the whole thing as he fucking you know walks from right to left. Brilliant. And um, so get into our favourites and have a look at uh, the one from Trent Slatter because uh, loads of people sent us like a, a, a still shot of it, but um, Trent sent us a vine. So um, fucking have a look at that one and uh, yeah, awesome work, Trotters, awesome. And he's been you know I don't know if he's been down since day one, but he's been down for a very fucking long time, longer than most. Let's just say, as in as in the like show? You know, in the show, listening oh, to the show he and stuff. Been day dot surely. Fucking close to it, if not day dot, yeah. Like he's he's been around well, you know. He's he's one of the one of the first, if not, you know. Guys like Johnny over in England, he was like day he was day one for sure. Mr. Wars. Yep, Sam, Joy, like Jill and Aaron, they were day Jill one. Jill and Aaron. Yep. <coughs> that it first episode, me, the first day, thirteen. Me, like a superhero jumping to Aaron's defence is how Devon had got his nickname, Trotters. Yeah. Well, there you go. It all ties in. And uh I'm very protective of Aaron. Unless I'm attacking her, in which yep. case I'm not very protective at all. That's <laughs> how I sent over the uh, the old onesie. That's so, beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Sent it to Jill, and I said, "Look, you know, it's up to you decide if you give it to her after or whenever." And she's like, "Ah, oh, no, I'm, I'm shit at secrets, so I'm just going to give it to her next time I see her." And it turned out it was Sunday. So she's she's bad at secrets because she's drunk a lot. Yeah, with wine or rum comes true. And if there's one thing about rum, and it, well, there's two things about rum. The first one is you know, what my nana always told me: that it angries up the blood. Yeah. And the second thing is that's why make you sure to keep your secrets. Don't ever get around Jill when she's been on the rum because she will punch you in the fucking face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or block you on Twitter, whatever, whatever's yeah. more <laughs> available. But yeah, um, so shout out to all you guys. Uh, underscore O Sammy Boy. Underscore. Why he changed his Twitter handle for that? I mean. What's the fucking underscore? So there's like another O Sammy boy. Uh, grand final tickets bought. Looking forward to a hash twill nation meetup too. My trip down under is looking better by the day. So this will be the second appearance or meeting of us with a you know with a, a UK yes. listener. But the first actually coming down at a time when there's a meetup and you know that sort of thing. So you know with Johnny. Well, was first Johnny. Well, Johnny's been first. Oh, he doesn't count. Well, it's fucking family, that well, bitch. Well, yeah, yeah. Like I said, he's day, he's day one. I mean, Dead set f- looks like my brother. The f- yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't talk like my brother, but he looks like me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, like, he's, a, he's a, the older the older brother of, you know, of the twins, Carl and Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bastard. And, um, and, you know, and then you've got the, the little brother, you know, Gifty. Who? <laughs> Glenn Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> the little, more biscuit-legged brother. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, of course, grand final meet-up. Yeah, 
We sort out our tickets, actually, yeah. We really need to do something about that. What are we going to do? I mean, last year, we'll, we'll take advice from from people. You know, last year, we um, bought tickets in one of the grand final team participants' fan yeah. areas, which was, which was good because, you know, those areas are more passionate about what's going on. And, you know, also it's like lower tier. You know, so you feel like you're more amongst the atmosphere and stuff. But, you know, I'm open to whatever. Um, but, yeah, the meetup's happening and... You know, I'm sure we'll get close, you know, more details closer to it, but I'm happy to pretty much do the same thing as last year. Last year was fucking excellent. So, look, there's there's a couple of things I want to change. <laughs> well, the, you get so drunk year. so quickly, like whoever whoever put a roofie in your drink, probably let's not do that this time because you can't have you passing out in the taxi on the way to the grand final and not remembering the first half. It's fucking bad. No, I remember the first half. It's the pregame entertainment that was fucked. Uh, you don't remember? You didn't remember that, 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 how they played the glory glory shit and ringing the bell before the game even started? No. Yeah. No. Better not to. One of the biggest fucking ridiculous things I've ever seen in um, league history. Apparently, Train played. <clears throat> yeah, they I did love like Train. A, yeah, they did like a little sort of a like a medley, medley with thing? like you know drops of Jupiter and yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey Soul Sister and whatever other stuff. I fucking love Train like and, and drive I'll cop, by. I'll I'll cop my fucking chair of flack for it, and I couldn't care less. But it's like I like no no recollection, zero recollection. Yeah. That's probably a good thing though too, because it was pretty much panned. Do you know the, the thing that saved me? What's that? Was the meat pie. Oh, that's right. And, yeah, we got some stuff at half Yeah. No, no, at before. The oh, one, before. Oh, okay. A meat pie and a sausage roll and two bottles of water. Yeah. That I resurrected like Jesus. Give you the fucking Clive Churchill. Oh. Bird <laughs> oh, just, just got up from like a broken face. It's a fucking triumph <laughs> against the odds. But do you know that was... I haven't not had a meat pie since. You has got to keep the magic. That's why. You don't want to fucking. You don't want to become immune to the restorative powers. I normally. I, I mean, I, lo- I love a meat pie. Yeah, but like I a football a field meat pie. meat pie, though, it's pretty much the lowest rung. What of else meat did pie. I have? Did I? I we had some. We had some. Was yeah, there a hot dog in there? Yeah, somewhere? I think you had hot dog and chips. Did I give you some hot dog? No, no, I never. <laughs> no, I wasn't. That was the one later that, in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I wasn't the one that was out of it on Rocky yeah. Um it was, that was a cheerio. No, I think I think I think we both grabbed a hot dog and chips at halftime, and. um and I, I don't think you, I don't think you had another drink though the entire. I think you were, you were off the alcohol. Oh, if I had game. another one, it would have I would have yeah. just plummeted into <laughs> some oblivion and yes. So if you want to if you want to be around that and more, make sure you're at El Loco. Oh, look, I'll be grand final bit, day I'll and at the grand final, year. and um and yeah, at the end of the day, I mean. You know, if if we're just, you know, if there's a, a member of the, the the show that wants to grab us the tickets and you know, or when they got the code for whoever's a grand final participant, mm. we'd love the code. You know, to have I don't know. Maybe we should just get some now. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. I don't mind. Anyway, we'll Either give or. some thought. Yep. Um, and just while I'll just fast forward a bit while we're on uh, the meetup thing, at the start of the season we were kind of talking about Origin Two as a as a meetup thing, but it just. As it got closer, it just seemed like it was a bad idea to get drunk on a Wednesday night in the middle of the city. So, it turns out there's going to be a lot of listeners that aren't from Brisbane that are in town on that weekend of the Tigers versus Broncos game, which is, um, I believe, Sunday the 19th of July, the game is, at 4 o'clock. It's a Channel 9 game. So, we'll probably do something, I can do something around Caxton Street or, you know, thereabouts, you know, lunchtime on that yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to have Jackson with me. It's all right. That means you won't be getting passed out drunk. No, that's definitely good. right. But it, just, <laughs> it, it probably shortens the list of possible venues, though, right? What is the deal with that? 
Is it like, I mean, oh, yeah, what is the fucking... Oh, I couldn't take him into the fucking Caxton. Well, no, no, I mean Caxton Street, like, you know, or yeah. thereabouts. So, yeah, yeah. if there's somewhere good that people know about and rate, I mean, I know there's nothing like the, the level of El Loco around that precinct. No. But if there's somewhere that's, you know, that's decent, then, you know, get your thinking caps on, guys. You've got about a month to do so. And uh, that's that's when it's going to be anyway. And uh, obviously well, from there, we go to the game and... After the game, probably yep. won't have Jackson with me. Yeah? What are you going to do to stuff him in a, in a bin or something? I'll, I don't care what happens to him, if, especially if the Broncos win. <laughs> oh, poor little fella, because you know it's going to be like a... I mean, I don't know how Channel 9 are going to be able to put it on at a family hour at 4 p.m. on TV. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be like the likes of... You know, it's going to be graphic to the likes of which, you know, we haven't seen since Jodie Foster and the accused. You're right, and the, and the Broncos will be put in their place by the Tigers. I agree, Nathan, <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. And I don't know how Jackson's going to cope with that. <laughs> But, you know, I'm sure he won't be copying it from me. Well, he'll probably just take up his Broncos jersey and have, like, you know, the Tigers one you got him years ago. Whenever he makes a mistake at training, yeah, I started saying, that's a Broncos play. That's a Broncos play. Now all his teammates are like, oh, Broncos. <laughs> he's like, whatever. And then he's like, some of his other mates drop it. Oh, that's a Storm play. And he gives it back to them. Yeah. But it's all the other kids versus him. Yeah, yeah. And that's just the way he likes it. So, true, there's, no, true so there's no other Broncos fans in oh, there? I think there's one. The, the rest of Warriors and a oh, couple okay. of Storm. Yeah. There's a fair few Kiwis in the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, you, know, you, you, can, you don't have a name that like dovetails into it nicely, like Springfield, like, you know, like Maori Warringah. No. Back in the day, like you can't. The <laughs> <laughs> Spring Poly Field or something, I don't know. We, we were practicing a little rap play the other night and um, I was joining in and I was firing a, a long, long ball out to him out wide. And I was pinging it at him. Yeah. And he, he dropped one. He caught eight. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we threw ten. So he caught nine and dropped one. Yeah. I gave it to him. So, <laughs> mate, you need to watch more Tigers. You need to watch... That's Tedesco eats those for breakfast, mate. And if he did watch more Tigers, he would have said, yeah, if it would have, would have had him in Tigers, I mean, it would have gone up to, you know, two metres over my head into the third row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dad, anyway. what you're talking about is a Benji Marshall special. Yeah, look... <laughs> Well, I, th- I think it's poor parenting, but geez, I'll give it to the kid. <laughs> it's constructive. Yep, yep. Are you going to have one of these olds? Yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah, of course I am. We're just, uh, just cracking open a couple of two of his old stubbies. Um, seven years today since uh, the great man, Bruiser, my, my father, you passed know. away. Oh, these are these twisties, are they? <laughs> yeah, what were you going to get a fucking I was going to go get it this week in oh, league, uh, Tour Nation we, bottle opener, mate. Geez, we struggle. <laughs> Cheers, mate. It was just going to be like a cross promotion, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, seven years since, uh, since the big fella passed away and uh, trying to crack a two years old every year, even though I can't stand the fucking taste of beer, <laughs> let alone two years old steak and yeah. three veg in a bottle. Yeah. I don't have any lemonade, but you could try and cobble together some sort of shandy with Coke Zero if you like. <sighs> Fuck me, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Let's get it over with. Okay. So, oh, that's making me feel better already. Oh, fucking Jesus. It's a rich drop. A lot of body. It's like drinking a pie. <laughs> you said I haven't had a pie since Grandpa. Here we go. It's the worst tasting fucking pie I've ever had. It's a powerful drink for men with beards. Believe Jeez. that. Now. I haven't shaved in a couple of days. <laughs> Mup 23. How many members of Twill Nation are blocked by their club's captain? Not me. Sounds like someone's been talking shit to Nate Miles. <laughs> <laughs> not me because um, Killer's like, he's, he's not a talkative dude and he's certainly not on social media. So, mm. And he's the guy that would never, ever. What's the uh, what's on. the pig hunting equivalent of Tinder? 
He'd be on that. <laughs> like grunter or something? <laughs> Oinker. It's just Jamie Lyon and Trotters. <laughs> oh, Noel Cleal. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. We're over there meeting up for sex. I want to be as far away from that place as possible. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Um, like Journalists? I'm fucking blocked by just about all of them at this stage. One. One left. And that's Chris Gary from the Courier Mail, and that's because I know the guy, and he, and he keeps me around because he knows me, and he knows, and, and we're cool in real life. But um, yeah, the rest of them. After that DCE backflip, that's what that pretty much took care of the rest of them because uh, I was retweeting their their confident tweets about no backflips, and then telling them how fucking shit they were, and that they weren't getting the Walkley Award. <laughs> Turns out journalists don't like hearing it. Now, um, Corey Davis zero three. After Reynolds kicking the chair and Jennings the boomgate. When are we going to have an inanimate object in Lee ground? Excellent question. I like that. How it's many good. people have kicked an inanimate? <clears throat> Fuck, I'm not even going to try and say that tonight. Yeah, okay, so let's, let's open up some more. Fuck, if I can think of any. I mean, there's got to be cars that have been targeted in the past. Didn't Georgie Burgess? He fucked up the car. The, yeah, well, yeah, he fucked it up with like a, a sign or something, didn't he? Like, belted yeah, it. Ripped a fucking yeah. street sign out of the ground. So he's two, for, he's two for one because he's ripped a sign out and fucked that up. And then he's, then he's, then he's smashed the car with it, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so there you go, two for one. He's obviously the um, the patron saint or champion or you know, whatever for that round. Uh, not to mention the fucking floor tiles after he flopped his cock out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marty to power, put him on the list for fucking that fender. Alex Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> Brilliant. That's it. If you're gonna, I, said, I said it to Benzel the other night. Like, If you're going to run like, like you know, we're, we're, old, we're older gentlemen, some of these, these youngsters, but, you know, we lived and watched football, you know, through the era. The Broncos early year with you know with, with um Kerrod Walters the way he'd fucking take off out of dummy half, bolt upright with his head fucking high in the sky. If you're gonna run, if you're gonna try and tackle someone like that, <laughs> you fucking get what you deserve. You are gonna cop it. Yeah. Yeah. I see. It was like it was like he was um he was he was standing up trying to trying to get his get his height over the little bar like to get admission onto a ride at the theme park. Like he was a little <laughs> kid, and he was like stand up as straight as he could. <laughs> but we digress. Um, he digress. ESL. He was ejected from the Marty ride. ESL is proving, I mean, like, we're not doing ESL updates per se, but the discussion around the, the UK stuff uh, the last couple of weeks, ever since we started bringing up Luke Dawn as a man of steel slash ESL immortal, <laughs> Alan Paul Walker previously, you know, used to send emails, but he's, he's on Twitter. Super League immortal Dawn plays his part again as Cass beat leaders Saints. He didn't play. <laughs> he's the number one, he's the number one hater of, of Dawn. He's like the, the Doyle equivalent with Maranta. Wow. That's like both 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 hate. people who have irrational hatred for <laughs> fantastic players. In other words, <laughs> and Lachlan Miranda on Twitter. I know. So fucking say hello. Didn't he poor, poor bastard get bombarded with fucking Doyle tweets? I like the people saying. Doyled. I like the people giving in the Doyle thing, saying like, you know, he's your biggest fan and everything. I just come out real talk and said he said you're a shit cunt, but I reckon you're right. <laughs> um, and. Also related to that same game, obviously, Highway underscore said, uh, speaking of dud league players who made it big in the ESL, did you see what Ben Roberts pulled off? <laughs> Bernard JKD, also on the same subject, Ben Roberts proving for Cass, he is still the rugby league genius and the rugby league dope, like the love child of Lockyer and Michael Jennings. Hash can't spake. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, Ben Roberts has um, tasted, tasted the pinnacle, again, the peaks of rugby league glory, uh, slotting a field goal, a crucial game-winning field goal. In the in the game for Cass, um, the Glendale thing. I think you just brought it off as a real like offhand remark, right? Like no, it's just I'm like, legit, it was, like a real doll. You <laughs> can fuck if you want. 
Just a real saying. doll you could fuck if you want. Well, I think isn't isn't that the only purpose for real dolls though? Oh, well, Chapo probably still wouldn't fuck it. Have you seen Have you seen that real doll documentary? I think I've, Chapo would take it to the movies. We spoke about that documentary before. You seen You seen that real doll documentary? No, it's fucking weird, man. <laughs> really? What Sorry a surprise! <laughs> I can't. Even, I, and like, I've, I've drawn a fucking blank. I can't remember what it was. But there's, there's, I've seen two different documentaries. One was had a family that like make like you know the, their whole family business is in like making fucking better pussies and stuff for real dolls <laughs> they were like in what are the the dad and the sons test them out or what they, it was like the father was in like a you know manufacturing background or something with you know perhaps even working with rubber or something and um yeah not good and they also do stuff like it's like for guys that want to dress up as girls like actual like you know slide on rubber prosthetic you know tits and masks like faces and everything that's another fucking weird documentary let Many me tell you Scott. <laughs> it's, it's a bit like that but they're not as convincing as the ones that um that uh the many-faced god provides in that dungeon of, of fucking faces in the hall of faces um on the subject of the doll though jim man bear pig should there be a special edition chucky version of the glenn doll no no there should not I'm about I know, the same height as Chucky, but I know, I know that you are that, you, that Chucky's still there, but Twisty's not there anymore. This week there's been a new arrival to the to the pop collection, the pop vinyl collection on my desk, and uh, Twisty from American Horror Story three. Those other fucking things up there need to be fucking removed as well. Thank you for people who aren't seeing what's happening at the moment. He's talking about Michonne's zombie pets from The Walking Dead. They're right up the top of a cupboard now because you used to take them and pick them up and put them at the desk over the other side mm. of the room, turned up the other way. So zombies and zombies and clowns. Yeah, no, no thanks. But not Chucky. Chucky's cool. Oh, I can handle that. It's fine. No. Just what about Smeagol up there? Who? What? Haven't you seen Lord of the Rings and stuff? Yeah. Don't say. Don't say it like I should fucking know that you've seen Lord of the Rings. I haven't seen anything. I'm just asking you a question. <laughs> Isn't that Gollum? <coughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Probably need to watch him again. <laughs> yes, but yes, it, yes, it is. Yes, that is that, that is yes it, it is. Um, what about we watched the the last of the Hobbit movies? Yeah, we got through it. Epic fucking whatever it is, two and a bit hours, two, three three hours or whatever. Yeah, the last the final one was the final one was the shortest one of the series. I think it was like between two and two and a half hours. I think. Yeah. yeah. Roll credits. Yeah. Turn the TV off. Turn the lounge room light on. Nicholas like, what what just happened? <laughs> Well, for the benefit of Nicklin, not fucking much. Those those movies are fucking hopeless, I reckon, compared to the <sighs> original Lord of the Rings ones. They just stretch too, they stretch them out too much. That's that's what they do. That last movie had could have been half the length. It it would have had, you could have cut an hour out of that movie if you just removed the scenes where there's hard cunts lined up about to have battle and the camera goes down the front of their staunch faces before they go to battle. I swear, an hour of those shots at you know various times through the movies. Don't care. Fucking just get on with it, Jackson. Fuck's sake. So um, yeah, I give those uh two thumbs down. Oh, one thumb down. There. I mean, they're all right, you know, because it's still a good fucking world to you know to look at and movie and stuff. But yeah, um, where are we? Lost my place. Yes, of course. Talking about dolls, special K online. Any Glenn doll would be used by Chapo as a flashlight. Hash this week inside Glenn. Oof. So that's You're two. Welcome, that, that's, that's two ideas. One, Chapo's virginity breaker. Two, new podcast from listeners. 
We always love the podcast from the listeners. So uh, there you go, Chapo. It's all laid out for you. MJ Eagle 23. Sorry this week in league that it took me this long to catch on. I've caught up on the 2015 shows. Twill binge listening. Hash brilliant. I and, fucking love it when people do that. Yeah, when it, people catch on <laughs> and then go, you know what? This is kind of cool. I'm going to go listen to shit that's not even relevant anymore. Yeah. And have a bit of a chuckle. This is the this is the or thing. I can, think it's appalling. Whatever. This is the thing. I mean, it's like with the, the games aren't relevant at the time when you're listening to them when you're going back through time. But I think that there's like some of the starting shit. Like even that's a bit you know insidey to a new listener. However, it's just funny anyway. Like it's just comedy to be had, and so that's what uh, keeps them you know good. But he also said also I want to add now. I can't wait for the new the new episode. Hash addicted. I had to pick up one of those Run DCE shirts as a support. You're going so well. Magnificent. Going so well, and then you fucked <coughs> it up with that shit. <laughs> so run, he's run DC. He's already fucking well over its uh, thing, and uh, yeah, in production. So stay tuned there. Yeah, how, how's the uh, run team shirts going, mate? Sent the email to old mate today to say, oh, look, today happened a week are, ago. Well, Thank you. you know, I only got actually no, it wasn't today. It was yesterday. Sorry, and uh, sent the email to old mate. I sort of primed him for it though. When I got the the final price for the the DC ones, it's pretty like as far as cost is concerned. It's the same brand of shirt, and white and black shirts cost the same amount of money. Um, two color, you know what I mean? Like, it's the same parameters, so it should cost exactly the same. And I just said, look, you know, just confirm for me that it's exactly the same, and, you know, time. And So hopefully I'll pick them up at the same time, because I only had a couple of days head start, so uh, hopefully. Um, where are we? Andy Kint. Gallon should sign for New South Wales when his contract is done. Three games a year, guaranteed wins, and lots of recovery time. Hash, fuck the clubs. Wow. I've, have you seen a room going around Twitter tonight? The um, gallon maybe pulling the pin after game three? On football. Retirement. No. I've seen it said on Twitter tonight. I'm not saying it's true or anything. <coughs> but and I'm not sure where it came from, but you know, and obviously, you know, you can't take that with uh you know, as fact. But it's interesting though. At, yeah, I'll I'll be very surprised if that happens. Well, I mean it's not like he's gonna fucking hang on for another couple of years and win premierships for sharks, is he? If there was light on the horizon, if they were running first this year, maybe not. But, uh, yeah. Um, ah, Benso. That moment when you realise Manly are playing Tigers and you've not had time this week to listen to this week in league banter yet. <laughs> Devastated. <laughs> uh, Beerboy182. Overnight, I had a dream. All nine of Slipknot were Chucky dolls and were attacking me with razors to death, then literally credits roll. I actually think that the, the most, for the most part, the Slipknot masks are actually scarier than Chucky anyway. So that's weird. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of those Slipknot things. Yeah. Uh, Sam the Warden, shamelessly shilling the show to potential sponsors uh, on our behalf. I think this week in league would be better if it had ads for me undies and or Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> Dollar nice. Shave Club would be tough. I mean, unless they do ones that actually aren't going to you know tear your scalp apart. Oh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty handy with a razor. Yeah, yeah. But you use those head blade ones, don't you? Still or no? Oh, I go over it with my uh, Mac Three first if it's a bit longer. Yeah. And then I go back against the grain with the head blade. Okay. To get it smooth as baby's bottom. Bad analogy, but shiny. You know. Yep. Yep. Then I apply a uh, a matte moisturizer to keep my head supple but not so shiny. So it takes the shine off. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, fuck. You're doing the early commute too as the sun's, the sun's coming up. You probably fucking kill some drivers if yeah, the sun hits you yeah, the way. I'll start some fucking <coughs> scrub fires on the way. <laughs> kill a bunch of ants. Um, 
me undies. I, I know next to nothing about me undies other than what I've heard. Uh, you know, Chris Jericho and people on podcasts. I think Rogan shills them a little bit too, at times. Are they but edible? Yeah, get on board. Are they edible? Not to my knowledge. So I believe Jericho was saying that you'd be wearing them in twenty years. They're such good quality. So they'd be fucking. Has he washed them? If you tried to, if you tried to, uh, are they chocolate flavored? That'd be awkward. If you tried to, if you tried to eat undies that would potentially last you twenty years from being such high quality, yeah, there'd be a bit of a chew. Yeah, just saying. Uh, James zero one two five three spat out my drinking laughter today after Nate's little John reference in his Dubai airport story. Fun and interesting show as always. Thank you, sir. Interesting. Someone's called us interesting. Yeah. Is that like a backhander? Other people call us fucking annoying. Fucking shut up talking about your coffee and your beer. This gentleman's called us interesting. <laughs> and we haven't even Take done the note, beer. bitches. We haven't, even, we haven't even mentioned coffee, like, other than, you know, just then. Yeah. So, I mean, we know. It's, it's established. You had the Macca's coffee on the way over. We know that shit. Yeah. It's didn't, uh, didn't sit that well. Yeah. I'm starting to... I've had my share of Zarafas now. I've had... You know, dark horse coffee. Just the Maccas is starting to. You starting, starting to realise it's battery acid. I get, get where you're coming from. <laughs> There's a fucking true bit. Like, I guess it comes down to the individual that's making it. But I just think Maccas. I think they're the beans. actual coffee itself is is a bitter coffee, regardless. And I don't think that their beans are going to be the same quality as a specialty place to start mm. with. The more mainstream a place is, probably the less, you know, if they're not roasting their own beans and they're buying them in bulk and that sort of thing, you're probably looking at, you know, a shittier standard just to begin with, even if you did it with an immaculate process. True. I was down um, in Port Macquarie having a brief holiday over the weekend and um, the, the the apartment had an espresso machine there. thought I'd fucking try it out. Terrible. Fucking awful. People think that an espresso stuff is, is coffee, you're fucking tripping fools. Horse shit. Forget about it. It's just like it's like it's like Macca's coffee that you make yourself. Unenjoyable to the maximum. Jesus. Okay, um the beard thing's funny. Like my brother doesn't have a beard at the moment, but he's sort of he's very unshaven because he's lazy cunt. Um my cousin had doesn't have a beard, but I think he had a beard recently. And so I go to surprise visit to my nan. Walk in there and she's like going, Oh, you know, another one with a beard or whatever and Apparently, the 30 minutes before we got there, she's just baking my brother and and, and and Mick on having beards and how shit they are. And she comes up to me and she's like, goes in my ear, she goes, your one actually looks really good. <laughs> I'm like, yes, first grandson always wins, undefeatable. Uh, TWB underscore NRL. Follow up on the uh, Willie Mason combo from, last, combo from last week. You guys should be doing the this is your life for Willie after he retires. Oh. Ash can't go wrong. I agree wholeheartedly. Fuck, that would be brilliant. And when he doesn't have the the weight of the NRL and you know club and sponsors and all that sort of stuff, and he can just cut loose. You know what? Is if there's one if there's one player's book that I would buy post yeah. their playing career, it's Willie fucking Mason's. Yeah, that I'd, guy. I'd, I wish I had him mic'd up on Friday night too. Because did you, see, to did you see him wind up hacking a scrum at one point? And and Mason, it was after Mason he put the hit on Santi. And, and, he's, and he's got up Made and dropped it. Santy shit his panty. And, they, and then they got up to pack the scrum. And he was gobbling off. And you could see the West Tigers front row on the field at the time. They were all pissing themselves laughing. So I don't know what he, I'd love to know what he said then too. Because everyone's just cracking up. And I mean, as far as players go in this really PC sort of world, um, he, he is pretty loose. He's about as loose as it gets yeah, media-wise absolutely. at the moment. So you know if the, if the sensors were off and there was no 
no repercussions, fines for bringing the game next level. Next level shit. I mean, fuck. I'd hope you. I would hope you'd write a book day. I'd buy that day one. Um, and and the audio book too. Having him telling stories even better. Oh god, greatest audio book ever made. Um, oh Sammy boy again said I was just described by senior management at work as the man with the good strong beard. <laughs> so Nate Glenn Tool Nation, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> And uh, Hurls01, love me origin, but dreamt of a concept following a Four Nations type format where Queensland, New South Wales, Kiwi and UK, UK teams smash it out. Thoughts? Nah. It's not the same. No. Basically because the Kiwis and UK team aren't good enough to play in that origin format. I think Queensland would beat New Zealand any day of the week. And I think New South Wales at the moment would beat New Zealand and those guys any day of the week too. Maybe they need the, the 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 hate for the opposite state to lift up to that next level shit that like these guys that are unheralded players generally and you know they become origin legends through the you know the origin format. Maybe they need that to deliver. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, you pro- you maybe don't agree with me that um, that Queensland and New South Wales are be- individually are better than New Zealand and England. But remember, Super League tried that thing with the Tri-Series. Uh, and, I mean, they had the exciting final because it was so close and went to the extra time and the rest of it. But that's all I remember about it. I remember it went to extra time. I fucking couldn't tell you who won or what happened or uh, any of that I shit. didn't even remember it went to extra time. We quite honestly. I just think that it's the way of the world that, you know, when something's wildly successful, such as Origin... You're trying to milk it Some, out someone's, harder. Someone's trying to fucking, you know, branch an arm off here and, and cash in on it and... Yeah. Just, just keep it in its purest form. You know, you we're, already seeing, we're already seeing the the effect of the of the trumped up ticket prices, and you know, there's a lot of bleating, and there's a lot of people that couldn't afford to go. Yeah. That are a passionate Origin fan, rugby league fans in general, mm-hmm. and it's priced a lot of those people. Yes, we're still getting capacity stadiums, so it's it's the end Good game. Good for the game because they're getting a lot of money. Yeah, the end the end game is, has been achieved as far as you know the administrators of the game, but. You know, there's a lot of people that just can't afford those sorts of costs um, to take their family, you know, to the to the pinnacle of rugby league. And everyone should go to an Origin game at least yeah. once in their life. Yeah. yeah. Everyone. You know, and if like, you're a rugby league fan, you know, like Jackson was jumping out of his skin for a fucking week. Mm. And when he got to the game, I thought the kid was going to pass out. He's yeah. like, He was six at the time, you know. I like, lament the fact that, I, that kids are never going to see... They're never going to be able to go to Lang Park for an origin when it was the fucking concrete outer <laughs> and like the can throwing and, and like, I mean that shit was awesome. And I mean that's and and you know what? If you want to change origin, oh, there's one change to origin that I will, I will wholeheartedly endorse. Can you guess what it is? Oh, something about Robbie Farah? No, no, no. It's a serious. It's serious. Not trolling you. I'm talking about serious. You gonna guess? No. Don't take games to Melbourne. No, no, that's, that's fine too. I mean, like, I, th- I think it was bad. I saw some reports from fans <coughs> saying that um, it wasn't good in terms of if you're in, like, certainly, like, close to the sideline with your seats, there was advertising hoarding and stuff and you couldn't see five metres inside the field. So if you're at, a lo- at the low sort of, you know, um, I was going to say ringside, then I was going to say cage side. I, I think the MCG, as far as a TV spectacle, yeah, fucking brilliant. Yeah. Loved it. Putting a little rectangle field in the middle of it, though. Some of the some of the shots from <laughs> from the seats that were fucking way up in the back, you yeah. know, in back stalls. Yeah. Are you getting your value for money? Depends what they're paying. You know, are you? You're probably getting fifty bucks or sixty five bucks worth. 
depends what they're paying for that ticket though yeah but you know back to the one thing that I'd bring back in just fucking let them punch on yeah I, well, don't make it an automatic simbin fucking you know apply some kind of criteria to it like if it's just if it's just a fucking all in just let them get, let them let them go let them play separate go again if it's a situation where some dude's just fucking bashing someone then obviously I don't think that would happen anyway because you know these things tend to sort themselves out too like you know dudes get in there but um like you just what? saw Clemmer and fucking Corey Parker just wanted to fucking like Clemmer was even like rabbit punching you in the face anyway it was kind of like yeah. why is that not a punch because I mean it was a closed well, fist was. and he, he was going like bang 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 like five times three in the punches. face yeah <laughs> like, and I mean that's all like little rabbit pulled punches and everything like that but they're still punches he, he was swinging his arm toward the face of an opponent <laughs> with a closed fist that <laughs> whether it was accurate or not yeah that's a fucking punch so if they want to let that go then great <clears throat> but um, like you know you don't want to see you know Steve Price situations every game of course <laughs> but you know the old the old fucking barn burner back in the like the 95 series where when you had like you know Danny Moore and Hopper going at it and over the other side you had like you know Joey and and Jamie Goddard, Goddard and fucking you know Marty Bella and, and Chief in there and like that shit's just fucking gold and the thing is they'll talk about oh it's such a bad thing to have people punching but they'll always bring that shit out when they're talking about State of Origin yeah. that's the footage they're going to play they're always going to play fucking Mark Guy and Wally Lewis getting up each other's faces and you know about the punch on so you know I love that shit and the game I don't know whether it was just New South Wales opening up their game plan or it was just the, the way it was refereed a little bit more open but that, that last game was you know more like it, I thought. That was a fucking it was, cracker. It was a game. good game, and it was like faster, and it wasn't like this dour war of attrition like the first game was, and like the whole series last year pretty much was. So, um, yeah, I think whatever they did, you know, keep up, step in the right direction. Um, but sorry, Keith, to in answer your question, no, I don't, I don't think so. Keep it. And the thing is, you couldn't put Kiwi in UK in there because it, what's the hatred there? I mean, the UK were fucking militarily retarded and they fucking sent Kiwis to their deaths at Gallipoli like they did to us. I mean, that's about it. What else are you going to have? They're so geographically removed. It's not like it's going to simmer like it yeah. does, you know, all year. So, I don't know. It's, it, look, I guess that was my point. You can't you can't just replicate it with two yeah. other... It, that's the whole beauty of Origin. It was lightning in a fucking bottle and mm-hmm. you can't... You can't just replicate that for for a financial gain. It's that's not how. And even that was more. Know, to, it was less to do with the concept and more to do with the players that fought out the first couple of series because they played interstate games forever. Sure. And it, and it took you know sixty years of it before they hit the right format. And it was because they probably hit the right players who went in there and and because they punched on and all that sort of shit. That is probably what you know began to lift it to this more mythical sort of status. So. Get rid of the, New Z- the, the Kiwis in the, in the UK out of that and uh, bring back the Biff. Fucking perfection. Scott Beebe on Facebook said, um, is Ricky Stewart in all of his coaching wisdom trying to recreate the Sydney Roosters 2009 wooden spoon side? Soliola, Wacker and uh, FPN, all recent signings. He already had Shillington and now they picked up BJ Leilua. All players are from around that time at the Roosters. Discuss. Wow. <laughs> I'd never even given it a second thought. Soliola? Yeah, I, this is the... He, yeah, what was really? Was, yeah, yeah, was he was he wasn't first grade then though, was he? I suspect not. I've- I don't recall anyway. I mean, so you know, what was he? Was he you know flopping around the lower grades at that stage? I don't know. But when you when you theory. when you list them out like that though, you're like, well, that's more than you know, more than just a couple. You know, you've, you've named like five or six dudes there, so <sighs> maybe something to it. Um, just some general stuff. Uh, 
Tigers in the client show. It's hundred percent completely gone. Thank you, everyone who got one. Um, there, there's actually two left. Really? Because you go. I had the inventory on the website, and the, and the inventories. I got an email warning me that they were all gone. For each of the sizes, we had like one left in a couple of sizes, and then within two weeks they all went. There's still a couple hanging. So up what are there. The, or what are the oh, sizes left get, then? Oh, look, you've got me. Figure out what they are then, because yeah, they weren't showing up in the inventory on online. So there you go. There may be a last, final chance. You never know. Once uh, Glenn tells me what the sizes are, I'll put them or back. Or I'll up. just burn them. Whatever. Well, I mean, get one. You know, get one now. Or you know, reserve. Send us an email. Reserve your shirt. You know, and tell us the size you want. Because fuck, it's almost time to do a reprint, isn't it? They just, it's just like when they all go, and then the client comes back and says, hey, don't forget about me. This two years old starting to hit me like rum. <laughs> start smashing bottles over heads here in a second. <laughs> uh, as I said earlier, the Run TMB pre-order filled. And the funny thing is, we needed two, I think, and, um, and we got three almost at exactly the same time, within sort of five minutes, right before kickoff in the Manly Tigers game. So if they had have just cooled their jets for like 80 minutes, they probably wouldn't have bought them, but... <laughs> There you go. Run DCE, pre-order field, under under production. Let's do it. Manly fans, you fucking, you're awesome. Um, memberships. Saw so seen today on Twitter that uh, there's some uh, guy, well, Sam in Singapore. He's just turned up. Uh, someone in the UK said that theirs has turned up. So it looks like those international ones are starting to starting to touch down. Um, so if you're waiting for an international one, you know, expect it shortly. Um, I mentioned the meetup on the 19th of July so 19th of July that's a Sunday 4pm game uh, Broncos versus Tigers and we'll look to do something around lunchtime and uh, you know drink or not you may, um, may make your own choice and uh, if you want to try and slip clean some roofies maybe not because his son's going to be there allegedly yeah, please do News and uh, the first story. Fucking break the internet again. Manly appear poised to reclaim the services of Kieran Foran after the Kiwi superstar indicated he was willing to turn his back on Parramatta. Just three weeks after DCE backflipped on the Gold Coast deal, Foran could also recommit to Brookvale alongside his halves partner in another, another stunning development for the Sea Eagles. The Eels are said to have reworked the $4.8 million contract Foran signed with the club three months ago and hold out hope he will move west in 2016. However, Foran indicated the significant distrust he now feels towards Parramatta in a statement to the Nine Network on Tuesday. I don't know how it's come to this. I entered into an agreement three months ago in good faith and I've never wavered, Foran said. I've shown the utmost respect to Parramatta and I'm not 100% sure this has been shown to me. A $1 million bailout clause has reportedly been taken out of the new contract with Foran permitted to leave the club if Brad Arthur is no longer the coach. But that attempt at detente could be too little too late with Manly moving to secure Foran with a rearguard action in the same way they did Cherry Evans. Gold Coast, Canterbury and the Roosters are other possibilities if Foran decides to look further. So. You'd think he's either going to end up at Paro or back at Manly, right? I don't know that he's going to... Yeah, I mean, the Roosters, they've got... There's there's obviously some upgrades to young players that need to, need to happen um, in there. But they also... They were prepared to pay Tuivasa Shek 400 grand or something. And, you know, they've got rid of Maloney as well. I mean... Hastings is going to need upgraded money as well if they want to run him as their fight. But if they don't, I mean, maybe. Look, if anyone can fit a player under a fucking cap, it's Politis, right? Yeah. He's got some contacts. I mean, he he has the fucking third-party shit out the arse. You'd think so. <clears throat> Desi almost had, you know, almost had four in back when he left. 
like Foran had a get out clause if Desi left the club, and you know Desi thought he had him, but um, but he didn't. He, he, yeah, but he didn't. And they they look like they're going to be losing Hodkinson. Yeah, but what, what the fuck would you put Foran in? <laughs> He's a five eight. Yeah, but you know we've had this discussion before. I reckon the the roles of the halves are starting to the way the game's going with the halves kind of splitting and taking a side each. I don't think it matters. I mean, even Origin's proven. Yeah, but two I mean, one either side. I don't know. I don't think Foran's kicking game is, you know, yeah. like he... Yeah, but... Cherry I mean, Evans' kicking game is, is far superior to Foran's. Yeah. If he goes into the halves with Josh Reynolds, who kicks the fucking ball? Yeah, but what about Mbai? Would he not have one of the mortgage? I think he's more likely to have one of the spots. I think Reynolds has been like a... Well, last week, last week he played because they rested Hodgkinson, but I mean, he's been a you know super sub too a bit of late. So maybe they can run that kind of role. He might end up fucking moving on too. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the, at the moment, I, the dogs I are already see, trying to fit three into two already. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel that he'll... Uh, given the way Parramatta's going at the moment, if if there's any way he can get out of that contract and, and it looks like it's increasingly like, likely that he will, I suspect he'll stay at Manly. And, yeah, um, just a matter of how they find the cash. Where there's a will, there's a way. And... I think uh, you know they may have to offload another, you know, another player or so uh, to to accommodate him. But you know, there's there's not many players in there that you that wouldn't that they wouldn't put on the on the table. Yeah. For to deal out if um, if it meant keeping those two together. Yeah, so. and the thing is, the thing is with Manly as well. I mean, they really run into the end of that that era of back ended contracts implemented by Desi as well. So their salary cap from you know, 2018, apart from Cherry Evans on there and the extensions, you know, for the for the kids, it's pretty much bare. So they've got, you know, they definitely, now they've got rid of expensive back-ended guys like Watmo, who they're paying 300 grand for this year as well. Um, Glenn Stewart, uh, Jason King, Brent Kite, those guys. They're getting rid of that sort of stuff. So there may be, there may be money. I don't know. I mean, they've brought in, you know, um, Nate Miles and, and Lewis Brown. But one of those guys and is just covered by the money. They're not paying chalk. If he does, um, if he does renege on the deal and, and go to Manly, you know it's it's a lot different to the DCE situation. Like Parramatta have well and truly fucked this up for themselves. Oh, and we haven't even gone into that. But I mean, the the way that the speculation's been laid out is that he had these clauses in the contract and they're all happy with it. And then they had a meeting back at, in the lead up to round thirteen. The Parramatta guys knew that these these clauses were fucked. And ridiculous, and I think the NRL might have tapped him and said, "Look, how can you have a one million dollar bailout clause for a player if he leaves the club when you're already fucking blowing the cap by half a million? Probably going to lose four points to start the 2016 season. Another million? What do you think that's going to do to your fucking cap, you morons?" And they had, and then they sort of apparently the way that the scuttlebutt goes is that they had a meeting and they said, "Let's not fucking raise the possible renegotiation of some of the terms in this contract until after round 13." So you can't just do the straight backflip. So that that in itself is such an underhanded fucking, you know what I mean? Like seedy yeah, but fucking way. Surely of doing they would know if they if they're gonna <laughs> essentially change the contract. That avoid makes the, contract, the yeah. initial version of the contract null and void, which means he can yeah, fucking think, do yeah. whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> they would know that, but I think that their their expectation or their their you know best case scenario hope would have been. We can do it amicably, and he'll be like, "Yeah, cool, whatever," and we'll just keep, you know, do it, and it won't be like, "Oh, hey, we're fucking you up the ass here, son." 
you know, take all these well, take all these clauses that benefit I mean, you out and leave all the other. Kudos ones to his management for inserting that. But who the fuck signs off? Well, I know it's got Seaward. But who who would put that in there in the first place? Like Parramatta should have picked it up. But why is that? Why is that <laughs> something they put in there? Yeah, you know, they just try and were they thinking just. Well, let's see how far we can push these guys. They would have just walked out of that negotiation room just skipping. <laughs> High-fiving each other. Like, what about these cockheads? <laughs> We've just taken these guys for an absolute fucking ride. And if they suck and you want to leave, you get a million dollars. Nuts. <laughs> Especially when you put it like that, which isn't, yeah. you know, it's it's humour, but it's not a million miles from the reality. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's completely the reality, and the way he's framed his decision was always because he, you know, he, he rates Brad Arthur as a coach. I mean, among Manly fans, you know, Brad Arthur's known as known as Dalloy, and uh, Dalloy's not going so great, and he's not turned out to be such a great coach in the end anyway. So, you, you know, you can you, know, you can think a coach is a good bloke and get along with him all you like, but um, yeah, the shine's come off him a little bit too, and I mean, you know, obviously Chalk pumped up his tyres a lot, but you know, he's benching Chalk because Chalk is, you know. He's taking drop mode to the next level. Yeah, it's... Um, They're calling him Bochock now in manly circles. Bochock? Yeah. Have a look at his face next time you look. Oh, fuck, okay. his face is flat as shit now. Like, he's no ex- expressionless, smooth, so to speak. It's a handsome man. <laughs> he's a fucking Madame Tussaud mannequin now, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, interesting to see how it's played out. And, you know, the way the, the way the show goes, even though we're recording a day later this week, they'll probably fucking announce a press conference tomorrow morning where they where they say that he's, you know, Parramatta announced one and say he's going there or, you know, he's going to Manly. Apparently, the only thing they're waiting for over on the Manly side of things is, well, his management are waiting for Manly to actually put that offer together that they say, you know, the DCE-esque lifetime thing, like six years with an option for a further two years in favour of the club. So, uh, I guess they're waiting to see the paperwork to see Manly, you know, if they actually can put the dollars together and whatnot and uh, go from there. Well, it's in their best interest to uh, to pull that off and and have these young halves um, at the club, you know, for life. Mm-hmm. <sighs> just, I just don't get how... They didn't kind of do that in the first place. Yeah, same, same. And I mean, geez, the premature ejaculators have fucking had the, you know, there's so much, there's so much fucking shade and fraud going along about, you know, about Manly's fucking woes this year. If they, if Manly manages to retain the halves after all that and strengthening their forwards for next year as well, holy fuck, the trolling will be magnificent and the tears will be sweet and delicious. Tim Sheen's long-running reign as Kangaroos coach looks to be over, with the 64-year-old taking up the role of director of rugby at English Super League club Salford. Salford. See, I waited for that. Sheen spent a month with the Red Devils working in an advisory role earlier this year and will now return in a formal capacity, owner Marwan Cookash has revealed. The club have agreed to appoint Tim Sheen's as director of rugby, Cookash told a press conference at the AJ Bell Stadium. I hope he'll be with us in a week or so. I need Tim's help to ensure we recruit the right people to this club. With his 12-month contract set to expire at the end of this year, and with Australia not playing a test match until mid-season clash with the Kiwis in 2016, Sheen's seven-year stint as Kangaroo coach looked to be over. Sheen's has had an historic and historic tenure as Kangaroo's to- coach, highlighted by Australia's dominance during the 2013 World Cup success, and only Bob Fulton with 40 tests as coach Australia more times. Sheen's won 26 of 31 tests in control, although the Kangaroos have lost their past three games against the Kiwis. So... Do you think Look, Tim Sheens is as good a director of rugby as, say, like a Brian Smith? I I think, you know, it's probably not 
that far from what he was trying to do at the North Queensland Cowboys prior to his tenure at the Tigers. Um, that that tenure, though, you would say, like the, the Cowboys tenure, you, you would have to put down to just an abject failure, though. Absolutely. That's why he ended up at the Tigers. Canberra, he, he was, <laughs> I think he was really lucky in that he ended up with, you know, some players of oh, a generation. Absolutely. I, I think... Like far too know, many players they, of a generation in one team, like, you know, for that time. And as you know, as the cap proved... You know, there's some of those players that probably wouldn't have become the players that they were if, if not for being coached by Tim Sheens at that stage of the career. I, I think Tim Sheens, as far as his Raiders days, and um, I just think that he he, he got oh, carried away is probably the best way with with the Raiders. Yeah, they played a, a certain type of football that no one else really played. Yep. And and they won a lot of fucking football games and were wildly successful premierships, etc. Um, probably tried to do something along the, a similar line and and change the way that a team played and made it unique. And at the Cowboys didn't really have the personnel. No, it comes to the Tigers, and it's it's lightning in a bottle, and you end up with with Prince. And Benji, and it all comes together, and they put this run together, and they win the comp in two thousand and five. Yeah. And even that was just like, a run too, it was like nothing before, and nothing after. Yeah, to show and, for it. Yeah. But they played a certain type of football that yep. no one else was really playing at the time. They had, you know, a tiny forward pack, and was just agile and ran everyone off their feet, and then their backs. It was were also heavily, heavily sleep. predicated on the unique and unprecedented skill set of a young Benji Marshall too, which was complemented by yeah. by um, Scotty Prince. Yeah. Um, just again, we we may never see the likes of, of that that attack that they put together in the, in that back third of that season. We we might not see that sort of fucking play, unpredictable, fucking scintillating attack. Who knows? Like, there's not Sean Johnson's the closest thing to Benji Marshall in the NRL at the moment, yeah. other than Benji Marshall. But, but you know, he's he's not Benji, the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think as he's tenure at the Tigers wore on I think he kept trying to do it kept yeah. trying to change it and and they probably had the, the players that could play a similar style to other teams and, and be very successful but he kept no you know everyone runs fucking forwards on the bench I'm going to run our smallest back and <laughs> you know a second rower and maybe one prop and maybe you know I might just throw a transgender fucking monkey in there as well, just to mix it up a little bit and try something different. Because yeah. I'm fucking Tim Sheen's bitch, and that's where he fell apart. And his football brain is fantastic, um, but you look at some of the selections for Australia. I, I think he's still trying to do it. Yeah, well, his selections for Australia were fucking ridiculous towards the end. You know and how I think anyone with the surname Matautia can play for Australia with you know. A, a handful of first grade games, and then, and then backs up and doesn't play. You know, doesn't even start the season in first grade for his own fucking. Club not side. even remotely considered for state of origin. No, you know, name did not even come now. up. Yeah. I, um, I'd, I. I just like wonder. The, I'll just. I'll give him. I'm not going to give him a pass, but I'll give him a slight minor dispensation in the way that the test matches are played at the end of seasons, where you get a lot of. You know, unavailabilities as players to have operations to clear things yeah, up sure. and things like that. So, I don't think he he ever, well, you know, not ever, but I mean, you know, he didn't always have, you know, I mean, realistically, you know, the Queensland State of Origin team, you know, plus plus Gallon, mm. you know, it would have been a fair 
fair side, maybe throw in a winger or two. But um, and you know maybe in, you know, in a day like you know your Luke Lewis and stuff, that would have been your Australian team you pick, because that was the bet. You know, like the back line, pretty much straight, pretty straight much. Queensland. Yeah. Yep. I just but wonder no. if that's what he's going to try and pull <laughs> off at uh, at Salford, or or if he's going to you know tow a more conventional line. And well, he's a director of rugby, so hopefully for their sake, he doesn't have the week to week team selections. Mm. He's talking more about overall cattle to bring in. Uh, so Ben, you finish up at St George and then <laughs> over to Salford. He, um, Kukash is is the type of guy that that wants success and he wants it now. And uh, if Sheen starts, you know, recruiting the Tim Moultons of the world or the, yeah. an English Tim Moulton in there and decides, and he and he plays favourites. And Kukash has already shown that he's not. Um, He's not adverse to, to ripping players. Imagine um, doing a press conference. Um, Tim Sheens has just uh, has just recommended that we sign Tim Moulton to the side. Tim Sheens can go fuck himself. Yeah, exactly. You, you're gone, cunt. Yeah. Walk. Security. <laughs> Frog <laughs> march this fucking idiot out of my side. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, so it, it certainly has the potential with... With Sheens', was, with Sheens perceived arrogance and, and Kukash's general craziness... It, it certainly has the potential to be a flaming fucking disaster, <laughs> um, but I, I, I just think Tim Sheen's football mind still has a lot to to offer if he doesn't try and revolutionise the game at every turn. Just let's just start with making a team consistent. Yeah, you know, maybe just start with that, hey. And then the the absence of Sheen's as a possible Australian coach. The crazy ass theory I saw today is that. Um, Potentially, on the recommendation of Bob Fulton, who obviously wields a lot of stick around these, you know, these areas, Jeff Toovey may be promoted in air quotes to the Australian coach role, which is like kind of like a face-saving thing that can be sold as a promotion, as getting Trent Barrett in as the manly coach for 2016 onwards, which has nothing has ever been announced, but you, the more you keep hearing that it's a done deal, so yeah. Know. You just don't know what to believe, and all will be revealed, I guess. But look, Tuvi as Australian coach is um, certainly, you know, the element of toughness and, and take no prisoners in his coaching. He's very passionate. To be uh, honest, when it comes down to coaching the Australian side, really don't. the combinations have been set in state of origin, and and really you, you know, you could have a monkey coach the Australian side, and they'd be as successful. I don't think any coaches game planned Australia into an epic victory. You know, maybe no, in the maybe in the nineties game planned them out of game planned out of, out of victory, yeah. like you know, late genius with his team selections and whatnot. Um, but yeah, and I mean, like you know, when they when they put threw Cliffy in, into the you know the kangaroo tour back in the in the nineties, that turned the series around there too. But really, yeah, I mean, it's hard to fuck up the Australian team because the players you've got at your disposal are absolute quality from, you know, from 1 through 17, and they kind you of know pick, how to handle really, themselves. You should be able to pick two, if not three, Australian sides that did beat anyone. That did beat anyone. Yeah, exactly. Should beat anyone. But uh, here we are sitting behind three yeah. straight losses to the Kiwis, which is very embarrassing. Genius. Now... Just a couple of quick, uh, quick things. The, uh, I saw a little thing today about the NRL looking to hold. Well, they've held secret talks with Facebook about the prospect, the prospect of forming a revolutionary partnership as part of the next broadcast rights deal. 
the governing body is thinking outside the square about rights negotiations, particularly when it comes to digital assets. There is a belief sport will increasingly be consumed by smartphones and other devices in the future in a potential shift away from traditional mediums such as television and radio. Google already has a seat at the negotiating table and move likely to put pressure on incumbent digital partner Telstra to ensure it retains rights ownership. Other digital multinationals have been approached, but none are bigger than Facebook. According to the NRL's latest financial report, more Australians follow the NRL on Facebook than any other team or sport in the world. The NRL always has a, already has a Facebook audience fast approaching 1 million on its official page. Global media and sports boss Colin Smith, who worked for the NRL on the last TV deal and has also advised the AFL and ARU in previous negotiations, believes the NRL's decision to engage potential new media partners will pay off. If you have the view that young people stay with smartphones and tablets in favour of traditional media, digital in the next 10 years becomes a pre-eminent media, Smith said. I think, I think that's that's interesting and forward thinking and I agree I 100%. I think it's, um, you know, it's a good sign that they're not just, you know, we're Channel 9 and fuck all, who really cares what else? Yep. You know, it's good they've actually got someone in there who can actually think outside the square and it's not even that outside the square, it's a pretty logical evolutionary step but you're not like an old fucking dude that's you know falling upstairs into your position in the NRL and don't know shit about you know I don't want to mention any names that guy that used to be there exactly I um I welcome it and I think it's uh I just I just think that they they got carried away with a number at the last TV rights deal I and think they, the and they got that number but yeah I think the number will take care of itself but it's the content mm. and the quality of yep. your of the representation of your brand through the media that that brings about that number. Yep, yep. And, and I think you really need to focus on that and the product that you're going to be putting out there um, and, and the way that it's going to be consumed and and how fair that that consummation is of of your product. You know, why, why do the Broncos have to play every Friday night? Why is yeah. that? I get that they rate, but they're going well, to rate that's... on a fucking Saturday night too. You know what? They're yeah. going to rate on a Sunday because... But the, the figures, the figures won't be the same though, because on a Saturday, it's on Foxtel, and they'll get good figures. But I guarantee you, first game in Queensland broadcast on Friday night is the ratings of the week for for the NRL. Oh, absolutely, I in understand, Queensland. but it it needs to be if you're going to grow yeah. the game, it needs it needs to have sort of an equal amount of exposure for all the clubs. You know, yeah. the expansion side of things. It, it's all going to come together, and I think if they don't focus just solely on the end number and whoever throws that number about, regardless of the product that they're going to dish up, is um, is the winner. Yeah. I, I, I think if you focus on the product, then um, you know they're going to know what the product's worth. The, the yeah. media people are, are very fucking shrewd in these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, they know what the product. And we already know, know the know benchmark's that, been set. Based on the last one. Sure. And all the metrics point upwards, so yeah, they, they can come to a figure. Exactly. So, it, they know what it's worth. They all know. Um, and that's why Channel 9 reserved their, you know, their last, uh, first and last offer rights um, mm-hmm. in the last deal. In that, yeah, we can try because and get a fucking deal here. If <laughs> that initial deal is good enough to win it because the others can't come near it, great. If someone managed to, manages to pony up the cash, then we can just come in over the top at the end and we, it's win-win. But this deal, that's been taken away. Yeah, and, and that, the, the guy that was involved in that is, was sacked immediately because the, the, cause the Murdochs were furious that it was allowed to happen. Mm. And rightfully so. Because they, like, they had it for another, you know, 
12, you know, 15 years, didn't they? But for the fact that they took it out. Yeah. Yeah, we knew they had, it was like part of the the Super League settlement, so it was meant to be for like 20 odd years. Wow. So, yeah. And, um, you know, look, honestly, you know, digital-wise with the NRL, what I would love the best is if they just took like the fucking NFL digital shit and just emulated it completely. Like, I mean, you've got the digital pass. It's, it's not as good. It's a little bit flaky, and it's just not as good. And also, you can't, you know, because you're still tied up in that broadcast right shit, you can't watch a live game when it's not live on Channel 9, mm. for example. So, like, if I could just subscribe to... Well, like, for example, with the NFL, I subscribe to a package which gives me all the Falcons stuff, which is my team, plus playoffs, plus Super Bowl. You can add on playoffs and then add on Super Bowl. Yeah. And so, usually Super Bowl's on TV, so I don't really worry about it. But, you know, I'll get the playoffs and the and the, the year package for Atlanta Falcons games. Um, but, you know, so it's great. You know, you're a Tigers fan. You can buy a package where you have access to every game. Yep. Or you have a discounted package where you get every West Tigers game and you can watch it live whenever you want on any on any of your devices on the desktop whatever that sort of thing would be awesome sure and, and it's it's it can't be it can't be that hard no it's it's got to be possible with some of the technologies out there and the NFL are already doing it mm-hmm. they're in you know there is a, a bit of a collaboration at times or you know there's some information sharing that goes on between the NFL and the NRL and um, there's no reason why they couldn't tap into that and Make it yeah. work. Right, a couple of short things. Uh, Maloney to the Sharks. Smart move. Um, Good for Sharks. I think it's you know it's not often the Sharks get to sign a, a quality playmaker at the at the peak of his powers that hasn't you know turned to shit. Oh, that hasn't you know committed an atrocity or. Um, no, there's at, been a lot said about his defence this year, but you know, you look at the table of you know the top ten worst defenders, and there's a lot of halves in there too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Halves miss their share of tackles. Halves get found out in defensive lines and, and teams spend, you know, vast portions of their game plans trying to isolate those halves. And run at them with their and, biggest guys. Yeah, and that's that's rugby league. Every game plan features a bit of that. Um, Maloney's no slouch in defence, I don't, I don't think. He doesn't look like he shies away from his workload. It looks like he, he puts his body in front of... Um, in, in front of his intended... Um, Target. Uh, yep. Um, yep. He misses his share. He probably gets found more than other halves, and maybe that's something he needs to work on in, in making himself harder to find in the in the defensive line. But certainly, kicking game wise, attacking wise, um, composure, quality signing, quality signing. And, and look, uh, they finally got a half that is actually, you know, like Bird has brought a lot to them this season when he plays sort of around that role. Jeff Robson, though, absolute fucking. You know the Eels had that. So run is that the, the f- end of Robson and then Bird plays five eight Maloney half? I'd... Well, once again, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier about the you know the, the positioning not really mattering. I mean, mm. Bird might want to end up in the centres. You know, they yeah. have something else going on. I'm not sure what they want to do with it. Maybe their recruiting's not over. But this is like, is this the first guy that they bought in the the recruiting season? Not sure. It feels like it's the first guy, and certainly it's the first significant guy that they bought. They finally landed a decent half, and. Um, you know, then they've they replaced the goal kicking they lose through the through the, the loss of Michael Gordon. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's it's all good for the Sharks. I mean, they fucking needed you know needed a decent player in the halves that can do something, and they, they they've lacked that for you know ever since they fucked off Carney. Really true. Um, <clears throat> Hodkinson possibly going to the Knights. 
There was a lot of talk about Gold Coast, but then all of a sudden the Knights have piped up. They got a bit of money. Bo Scott's gone. Gidley's gone. And they got a bit of cash. And uh, they've, they've, they've another team's got a desperate need in the halves. Look, they're going to have, as we started to say before, they're going to have to find a spot for Mumbai. Um, he's a halfback, which immediately puts Hodkinson out in the cold if they're looking at yep. Mumbai as the guy for the future. Um, yeah, it's it's it'll be a massive get for the Knights. Yep. Current New South Wales <laughs> yep. representative. Yep. And what do you throw him in the halves of Mullen? Yeah, it looks like the end of Tyrone Roberts if that happens. Yeah. But then again, maybe Tyrone Roberts can toil in reserve grade because Mullen, you know, it's not like he plays every exactly. fucking game. <laughs> um, yeah, quality signing for, for the Knights if it comes off. Um, I just I just can't see Hodkinson going anywhere, but the Dogs, is he falling that far out of favour with Des? It's funny that they rested him, you know, presumably based on the fact he played in Origin, they rested him in their game that they had against the Panthers on the weekend, you know, won easily. <clears throat> So you've got to wonder if Desi, and I mean, the game before that, they were losing, and then, you know, Desi subbed him off, and, you know, they, they had a big comeback and won that game. So it looks like the dogs are already, you know, kind of getting used to the idea of life without him. And, so, yeah. you know, Mbai's getting his share of uh, attention in the media, so yep. that's um, that's often good enough to get a guy an upgraded contract in a spot in first, regular spot in first grade. Hodkinson... Um, Yes, he's a New South Wales representative. Doesn't have the highest profile, and um, you know, even at his peak, like he's always been regarded as a solid player. That's pretty clutch when it comes to the end of the games, and, and yep. you need a field goal, with yep. the exception of uh, game one, State of Origin this year. So because Robbie didn't pass him the ball, um, it's going to power straight through that. But uh, oh, I don't know. Probably haven't seen enough of him by and his ability to control a game and, and can stay composed, such as Hodkinson. Um, I, I think he's he's probably the better option at this stage, and I'll be very surprised if they do let him go to the Knights. And finally, Clemmer. That's all I've got written there. It's just the advent of Clemmer. He's, uh, excuse me. Um, the Dogs have produced another player that's one of my favourite players that doesn't play for Manly. Last year was James Graham. Yeah. Now we've got Clemmer. He's, he's covering himself in glory. The story about when he played Cameron Smith two years ago in a trial match. And, Age 19. And, and was fucking ragdolling him and, and giving it to him about being a has-been. Being a has-been and, and, and fucking nobody. And, and a nobody. Like, it, it, just let me touch on the Corey Parker thing. For, for Corey Parker to say that, that someone in his side or he... Demand you know, he'd be shown respect he, by someone. He, insisting on respect in, you know... The toughest collision sport in 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 the world, and the toughest version of the toughest sport, you know. Yeah. You know. No one, no. <laughs> you, you might get a begrudging respect after a game, or but yeah. on the field, what's someone going to go? Oh yeah, sorry, Corey shouldn't have, shouldn't have had this irresistible urge to punch you in your fucking face. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it back. Yeah. That's not how rugby league works. I think and it's not how front, front rowers work either. Yeah. I'm like, as a young front rower, he would have been getting fucking worked over constantly by the older veteran guys sure. in scrums, you know, in the tackles. And he's just a born hard nut. And for him to pop up, you know, in Corey Parker, demanding respect of a 21-year-old and just say, get fucked, you cunt. <laughs> like, it's the response you'd want. I mean, as a New South Wales supporter, that's exactly the response I'd want to hear. Yeah, look, after years of, of you know, a perceived inferiority to, to the Queensland side and, and certainly picking and selecting sides um, that reeked of that 
to, to, for defense or diffusion rather yeah. than actually beating, yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, for him and Woodsy to come out and, and be really aggressive and, tr- and get on the front foot, um, and they're different types of personalities, but he brings a level of aggression that, that it certainly matches anything Queensland can bring to the table. And, um, yeah, he's, he's the man at the moment right yep. now and, yep. and deservedly so. Like, uh, I, just, I just disagree with Parker's comments. Yeah, and you get Talos coming out saying, yeah, you should have fucking shown respect. Fuck off, Gordy. You should have shown respect to the fucking Dragons when you sat out a season, you stupid cunt. Yeah, and how many? How much respect Should have shown Talos respect Talos to my wife when you sat in her seat at the Broncos game all those years ago. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, Lucky was Gordon Talos going cunt. around saying, oh, thank you, sir. Good luck, sir. Yeah. He you was know? exactly that type of fucking player. Exactly. As a youngster. I'm sure he told plenty of old dudes. He probably told Glenn Lazarus to get fucked. Yeah, true. Except, except like, I imagine that Glenn Lazarus wouldn't have had the fucking hubris to to demand respect from someone rather than just be a front rower and fucking roll up your sleeves and take it. Yeah, like fuck, Corey, get old, son. Recaps. Now, firstly, just want to touch on the second game of State of Origin. I won't go too into too much depth because, as you know, as we record this, it's a week ago now, so it's not the freshest thing in the world. But the New South Wales Blues 26 defeat the Queensland Maroons 18 down at the MCG. It was the largest crowd ever, wasn't it? 91,513. Yeah. Fucking gigantic crowd. Because, you know, at the end of the day, Origin will fill wherever you, you know, if you've got the capacity, you'll fill it. Sure. Um, the points for New South Wales came from tries to Michael Jennings, Josh Morris, Aaron Woods, Josh Dugan, Hodkinson, four from four conversions and a penalty goal. Uh, Queensland's points came from tries to Matt Scott, Greg Inglis, Matt Gillett, and uh, two or three conversions for JT and a penalty goal. I thought it was a really good quality game. I, I enjoyed the actual spectacle of it. Um, and both teams you know, fucking gave it to each other, really. But... Yep. Um, just the quality of football was quite high, and um, New South Wales just—I just think there's a couple of key moments in the game that they wanted it more, and um, on on the night, and a couple of you know really nice plays. I thought Michael Jennings set the tone. He got lots of early ball in the first half. Just expansive, half. more expansive than they've been in two series. Yeah, a bit of space, and and he showed you know with a space and early ball what he what he can do with his feet and yeah. um i'm sure that was part of the game plan to to get the ball wide early um so queensland's defense in the middle wasn't quite as as staunch and and um shortened up and it really worked because you you saw that the the forward started making um you know ground through the middle and it just kept punching away at it punching away at it and you know as the game wears on Woodsy strolls through and puts a bit of footwork on, and yep. um, so all in all, I, th- I thought New South Wales were probably well coached and um, and executed their game plan, um, and they just didn't really have a bad performer. Yep. As far as I'm concerned, whereas Queensland had, you know, I, I think Chambers, if he had his time over again, probably there's a couple of decisions he made that yep. probably would have would have went a different way. Um, hard to be critical of a bloke. He's very talented and had, and, you know, has. Had an exceptional debut last year, um, and 
you know, he's he's probably a hell, well, I feel he's a hell of a lot better player than what he showed in this game, in in game two, and um, yeah, again, like any, you know, the vast majority of Origin games is very little between the sides, and um, it really only come down to a, you know, two or three key plays, and New South Wales uh, could put it together and execute, and Queensland couldn't quite get it done. Yeah, now um. The biggest roar in this game was that Aaron Woods wasn't the man of the match. They gave the... Well, I believe it was Joey dishing out the Dalian points and he gave them points to Woods. Channel 9 man of the match, Michael Jennings. I Absolute rort. Based on his first half performance, yes, but he didn't do a great deal in the second half, whereas Woodsy, that first 20 minutes the whole was game fucking exceptional. A, the, an excellent props game, plus... A try, which is just like fucking icing on the cake for a prop, yep. you know. Like, and it was a critical try too, because it was the one that ultimately ended oh, up breaking the back of Queensland. Yeah, and and he really, um, I think it's a, you know it's a game where he's, I won't say come of age, but because he's you know he's been regarded as a stats guy, yep. and and that's a knock on him, yeah, uh, by a lot of people. I clearly don't subscribe to that theory. If a prop is making... St- I mean, props are probably the guys that are least immune to being a stats guy, because I mean, at the end of the day, if those are the fucking meters they're making. And the meters after they get the ball and all that sort of shit. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's hard to deny. It, that, that's a good fucking game for a prop. Yeah, they don't do intangible um, shit like chip and chases and all this bullshit. The fact that he he managed to to put some footwork on and and rush past, you know, who, who he regards as the best prop in the game in Matt yeah. Scott um, to score a, a really critical try. I thought that was you know, uh, you know, a really big moment for him and and. I thought he deserved me in the match, to be honest. I, a lot of people. Jennings, Jennings got it based on forty minutes. A lot of a lot of people's TAB uh, balances <laughs> wanted Woodsy to get it, and in the end, because he was he was not a long shot, but he was definitely midfield. Yeah. So he was paying very good odds, and the fact that he played like he did, it seemed like an absolute lock. And then they give it to Jennings, and it was almost like collusion between the fucking betting agencies and and, and the Channel Nine, you know, commentary team, whoever you know, dished it out. Which um, the way you know the way that they do work together, there's a yeah. lot of. There's a lot of TAB and, um, you know, obviously Waterhouse jo- back Joel in Joel Kane knew how much they were going to do their ass if Woodsy got it. Yeah. You know, like, so um, it's fucking rot. Um, <clears throat> do you want to say anything about DCE? I'll just say that because you're a Queensland supporter and that seems to be the excuse. Tended? Oh, I don't think it was great. I thought it it it, it contributed to, to the result for Queensland, but he was hardly alone. I, I think that... Origin is is pretty simple, you know. Yep. You've got the absolute cream of the crop of the NRL. Yep. It's at, in the NRL. It's about and and fuck for rugby league probably for over a hundred years. The vast majority of the time is you get your fucking big guys yep. getting over the top, getting over the advantage line, um, and and gaining control of the ruck. And and that gives you halves time and space. Yeah. And and your outside backs benefit from that if they can get early ball and a bit of space. I think Queensland's forwards didn't didn't get the better of New South Wales. Therefore, um, they lost the forward battle. I thought, albeit with Robbie not running from dummy half, his service from dummy half was was exceptional, and and that only amplified the time and space that the halves had. As a result of the forwards getting yep. being dominant, yep. and you can't expect a guy. The thing, the thing that's going to come from this Cherry Evans deal and the backflip and all the rest of it, the fact that he backflipped when it will go away. 
and it's, yep. it's probably already started to dissipate. The, the thing that's going to happen with him, because he signed this deal, is that there's, there's an expectation that he's going to be this spectacular fucking player, well, it's more regardless like of the circumstances of any match that he plays in, that he has to be this guy that just is scintillating for 80 minutes every time he laces on a boot and runs out onto a field. I don't give a fuck if he's paid $100 million a year. <laughs> that is never going to happen. And there's not been a player in the history of rugby league yep. that has done that. Yep. Even the greatest players. Yep. Andrew Johns had horrible games. Yep. Andrew Johns had games where he drifted in and out. <clears throat> Andrew Johns, Wally Lewis, Brad Fittler, fucking... They all have games. Yep. And sometimes they string a bunch of them together. And if you look at them over a season and you look at their highlight reels, it looks really, really impressive. But there's games where they're not that great. Yeah. That's footy. Yeah, Sometimes well, your opponent... It, footy is about every aspect of the game being a battle between you and an opponent. Yeah. Every time you run the ball, every time you try and make a tackle, every every play of the ball, it, it's, it's all... You can't... Some days... A guy that's not as talented as you is going to get the better of you. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you're a halfback, and he's not a halfback with a, a some freakish skill set like Sean Johnson that just yeah. creates something. He's fast. He's got good feet. Um, he's, you know, deceptive, all the rest of it. But he's also a very traditional halfback. Yeah. And a traditional halfback relies on the fucking dominance of his forwards to give mm-hmm. himself a bit of time to make his decisions. Um and if he's always constantly on the back foot, it's fucking hard. You know, I, I just think that's going to be the knock on him because of the deal that he signed and the $10 million price tag and all the rest. It's of certainly it. the easy fucking reach for people, you know, that want to, that want to shit on him. Yeah. I, I as think, we've seen already. I think um, Cameron Smith went well. Um, yeah. Given that he was playing off the back of a, a forward pack that wasn't and let me tell you he did fucking everything he could with forward passes at the ruck sure. to try and get those cunts going forward and, and oh, I don't know I just think it's an easy knock yeah. and if, if Cherry Evans was still playing at Manly had signed a deal um, you know without all the hoo-ha with the Titans or the rest it just went you know what, I'm going to re-sign with Manly big deal you know and if it wasn't 10 million or it wasn't disclosed or whatever he comes in and fills in for Cooper Cronk and has the same game yeah. I don't think he's as heavily criticised well this is the other thing as well I think the game plan of Queensland and watching the game is not as a Queensland supporter as a New South Wales supporter they didn't fucking they, they went left nearly every time to Thurston I don't think he even got that many opportunities because they were just like he's not Cronk Thurston's the guy that's here. Thurston's the guy that's always been here. He's the one that's going to fucking make it happen. Mm. And so Thurston got all the fucking all the opportunities. He got all the ball. And despite that, statistically, Cherry seemed to do all the defence because he made over double the tackles of Thurston. They they <coughs> did about the same meters him. and uh, he they made went three less errors for him. And they found him. And if it's one thing Thurston's very fucking good at, is staying staying out of the way yeah. in the defensive line. And that's yeah. probably. As a, as a smaller guy, it's something that he's fucking learnt to do. Yeah. And he does it very well. Yeah. And he covers a lot of fucking ground to make Stay less tackles. Yeah. And yeah. and that's why he's one of the, one of the fucking best. Yeah. Um, Cherry Evans may never reach the levels of a Jonathan Thurston. 
He's won yeah. more premierships. Or, well, yeah, you know, easily. But yeah. he may never get to that <coughs> level. And fuck, you can't hate on the kid. No. Jonathan Thurston is a fucking exceptional footballer. Yeah. And once in a generation. Um, sometimes, Queensland are going to get outplayed by New South Wales. And yeah. you just have to go, on the night, they were pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. And just the other thing is, like, it, that, this game had a real feeling for me of like a turning point in the the rivalry, you know, in the era sort of thing. Like, for example, um, like, well, Queensland may very well win the third game. It's at home. You know, they've obviously got yeah. very, very good players and a very good team. But this game felt like... It's kind of like the beginning of the end of that that dominant era for those players. Like the age is starting to catch up with them. I think the margin of this game was far like was far closer than the, than it deserved to be. I thought New South Wales were far further on top than the scoreline would indicate. And um, yeah, this, it's a bit of an era know, thing. Look, eight years in a row is a fucking hell of a dominant period, uh, especially in this era. Yep. But the, and to, to erase that, you. I think it, there's more than just going, well, well, fuck, we've won X amount of series in the last... I think, psychologically, there's there's a number of humps that you have to get over, and I think New South Wales got over a hump there. Yep. And I think in Game 3, they may well win. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But I just think there's a lot of factors that point to a, to a Queensland victory because, A, it's at Suncorp. These are the sort of games where experience tells... Yeah, and there's some inexperienced guys in that New South Wales side. That's a hump they have to get over. Maybe yep. they have to lose that game to come back next yep. year. And and <clears throat> I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I just I would lean towards Queensland given their experience. It's a decider. It's massive, you know. Um, but as far as standing up and being counted and starting to really chip away at that mentality that we've got to. We've got to stop Greg Inglis, or yeah. we've got to you know nullify Jonathan Thurston or Cam Smith. Well, we've got some forwards that are going to fucking stand up, and we're going to make you do your job. Yeah, and we're going to make you make you know more tackles and ma- fucking yeah. yeah. You know what? We're going to fucking we're going to challenge you. We're not just going to try and nullify or or minimise the amount of impact that you have on the yeah. game against us we're going to try and have an impact over and above what you can give us that's fucking football for yep. too many years it's been we're just going to try and nullify them and minimise what they're doing and then yep. we might jag a try you know what Michael Jennings is a fucking exceptional footballer mm. and and he's a fucking lightning on his feet give him a bit of it's it's no surprise that with a bit space of, and let him a bit of space yeah. the guy fucking carved yep that's it's not rocket surgery mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah um there wasn't that many years ago that fucking Bo Scott was out there. Yeah, exactly. And and offering three parts of fuck all because he was just the, out of tackle idea, Yeah, yeah. That that's a positive sign. Yeah. They're not all the way there yet, but that's a that's a positive sign for New South Wales. Okay, moving on to round fifteen of the uh, National Rugby League Telstra Premiership Friday night football. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles did what everyone knew what they would do: pumped the West Tigers thirty points to twenty. At uh, Fortress Brookvale, still a fortress. Uh, Manly's 30, double to Brett Stewart. Steve Mathai, Kieran Foran, and Liggy Sauer also with tries. Filetti Mateo, five from five conversions, and some of those fuckers were out wide too. Uh, the West Tigers, 20, came from tries to Mitchell Moses, to double. Pat Richards and Kevin DeGama, Pat Richards, two from four conversions. Now kicked by fucking Filetti Mateo. 
I believe that was about the fucking the 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 third through eighth Is successful he goals. Bigger? Yeah, he seems to be. Yeah, Mimos is fucking awesome. You are, you know it. I know oh, it. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. It's 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 just the way it is. Mimos is awesome. George Rose fucking he's, made a he, you know, he made a career off. He off defies Mimos. physics, though. Like yeah. he must eat a pizza and put on twenty kilos, or he just eats twenty pizzas. Maybe he fucking loves them. I'd eat fucking twenty pizzas a week from Mimos if I lived close. Jesus Christ, <laughs> they're delicious pizzas. First and foremost, I, I think it was actually you know, albeit it wasn't a big fan of the result. And I expected more from my team, but I thought it was actually, especially in the conditions, it was actually a high quality game of footy. Yep. Completions were good. Um, some some really good footy was played by both sides. Um, in the end, you know, with foreign motivated, um, and Cherry Evans looked to put the disappointment of of State of Origin a couple of nights previous behind him. I, I think the the class and experience of Manly Halves was Manly's halves was, was probably the difference. Um, their kicking game was on point. The Tigers' fifth tackle options weren't on point, and in fact, we were a fucking long way from being on point. Um, they were much the same they'd been all season. Unfortunately, yeah, five that, tackles and a bomb. That's pretty fair. Penrith, two thousand and eleven shit. You can see that they were, tra- you know, Mitch was trying to thread the needle and and try and get repeat sets, and it, it's always into legs, it's off feet, and there's it, just that lack of crispness about. You know the the short kicking game, um, and that's you know the Tigers' inability to to force repeat sets and build any sort of pressure against Manly was, you know, was the story of the game. I think you know when Manly got um, up the Tigers, then they they built you know pressure that the Tigers couldn't deal with, and and they with all the you know the talent in the Tigers' side, they couldn't couldn't do the same. Um, Thought Woodsy did pretty well backing up. Um, Marty Tapao, um, there was obviously a bit of a directive that you fucking don't go high on Marty Tapao. I wonder if that's going to be the way that he, what he's going to face. So it should be. I mean, he's thoroughly ineffective when you do it. Well, I mean, if you get guys through the middle when he's trying to run the ball, if you get a bunch of guys that are actually quite good at tackling around the legs, yeah. not every NRL player is, yeah. but you know that's not the way the game's generally coached. But yeah. Um, someone like that who just got famous off fucking couple of palms the week before <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, if, you, if you can put guys in there that that can chop guys around the legs yeah um, and you're smart about how you control the play of the ball thereafter sometimes you tackle around the legs you get a quick play of the ball it might not be money to yeah. power that kills you but it might the be guy, the, the next, next guy, guy. Yeah. Um, but I think Manly did a pretty good job of controlling the play to ball speed as well um, which took you know, the impetus away, the fact that we didn't have Farrow as well may have had a, a part to play there. But Chero, um, Cherrington and, and Hallatow couldn't get, really get any major impact out of dummy half. And um, the Tigers were up against it most of the night. Um, all in all, I don't think the Tigers were disgraced. But I think the disgraceful part was, you know, for Tedesco to come out during the week and, and say that the Tigers took Manly lightly. Um for for anyone to look at Manly's position on the table and and give no consideration to the fact that they've still got and even with the injuries they still had a nucleus of a side that um, has made the finals for a decade um, and they were playing at their home ground um, you know the Cherry Evans thing had been put to bed it was his first game back at Brookvale Brett Stewart's playing he's bound to get a fucking try yep. you know I was filthy that I, I was trying to put money on him for a try at any time 
before kick off. Yeah. And I, c- I couldn't get into my sports bet account. And then. Who would rather be paying like a dollar fifty anyway, surely, at a brookie? Oh, I don't know. Like but all, I thought, yeah. It's know, free money, though. Yeah. A lazy 50 bucks on yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's disappointing for the Tigers, given, you know, we're, we're running down the gauntlet of, of four seasons in a row um, of, of pretty dismal results, season long results. Um, and and we've just think that we've turned a corner last week, albeit it was against South and they were underdone and under strength and um but they put a, an eighty minute performance together and it was really impressive. For them to be a week removed from that and go, Oh, we're only playing manly. Yeah. That that's a sign of, of ignorance. Yeah. Uh that's a sign of, you know, these young guys and that's Jason Taylor's job Jason to get Taylor him up. said that he fucking that he took it easy on them because he thought that after the win against South that they'd be pumped up themselves. Yeah. You know. Can you see Wayne Bennett doing that? No. Can you see Craig Bellamy doing that? No. Does Hasler, Jeff no. Tuvey? No. You know, if Jason Taylor's the guy, then fine. Yeah. And and maybe this is, you know, an education process for him with these, these younger players. He has been out of first-grade coaching for a little while, but, um, you know, as far as head coaching... I just thought that was really disappointing that, you know, that certainly the fans weren't taking Manly lightly. Um, and for, for the you know, one of our star players to come out and say, we took him lightly. Especially a star player who was, like, fucking nullified as well. Couldn't get anything done. No, he's... I mean, he was was reasonably safe at the back other than one he did he, he did his job as far as you know defensively and you know as like a fullback taking you know mm. taking bombs and trying to clean shit up yeah, they they mainly yeah. did a good job on him and that's what manly does you know manly can can execute when they're on their game and um and can execute game plans and um defensively you know nullify our positions our players they've been doing it for a fucking long time that's yep. what they do um and I just I, f- I found that really disappointing. I could handle the result because um, I, I don't like I said I don't think the Tigers were disgraced, and I thought they they hung in there and and gave themselves an opportunity at the back end, but um, ultimately weren't good enough to to hold Manly out and 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 build their pressure. But for, for a week after a four game losing streak, you win one game, and, and the next time you back. come, the next time you play in the NRL, the toughest rugby league competition in the world, you take your opposition lightly. You're reading your own press. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just on Manly, a good performance on the night, and who, who knows? Who knows what the fuck the next month or, or so of football is going to hold for Manly? They may well go on a a, a winning streak, um, or they may you know, lose again for a month, who knows. One thing that is for fucking sure, even if they are still last, as I like to say, or or, <laughs> or down the bottom of the table, there's teams that, that fucking hang it up at this stage of the yeah. season if they're running last. You know, the the Newcastle Knights or the Sharks or the the, the Titans when they're down there. Or, Manly will be the, t- the hardest to beat Wooden Spooners in history if, if that indeed comes about. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it's something that, you know, a decade or, or more of finals appearance, appearances and grand finals and premierships will do to you, it makes you a competitive motherfucker. Yeah. Um, and I just think that they've put a lot of the bullshit to bed and um, <coughs> they're certainly capable of stringing a bunch of, of wins together. They're only two points out of the eight. and um, But if they are to finish at the, you know, to, at the bottom end of the table, 
they're going to fucking give some teams some bruises along the way. Yeah, at the end of the day, four points out of seven. They still don't have all the troops back, but apparently even guys I thought were gone for the season, <laughs> like Brenton Lawrence, is going to be back. And I think we've got six games at Brookvale in the run home. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we've had fuck all home games, decade worst injury toll, plus all the distraction shit, the distraction shit's pretty much done. And if the if foreign somehow stays, I mean, that's just going to flip the club into another gear. Plus, they've got the home games, the Brookie games. You, 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 you pencil them in as wins. You don't write it in Biro, but you pretty much pencil it in as a win. And so I think they've got, yeah, they've got a run in them and uh, the undefeated run to the finals and obviously consequent premiership has begun in earnest. Uh, Unky D, after losing to the bottom of the comp team, Tiger should spend the whole week with the Bell Lady following them saying shame. I really had some glorious stuff lined up for the, after the yeah, Tigers yeah, won. Yeah, I bet you thought I bet you did. <laughs> I was going, oh, I had Photoshop open and everything. I thought, fuck it, you've been so gracious about it. How can I cut you that hard? Oh, I'm surprised you didn't. Normally, you don't fucking give me any I mean, leeway. Yeah, you know, you're so you're so gracious. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm not saying much about the game. It's just like I have to listen to that. How could I? You've been so gracious. Well, it's just real talk. I don't even want to mention the fact that, like, you know, you got, you got we gift, go. gifted a try off an intercept, and the other ones came from piggyback penalties. So, you know, realistically, it could have been a lot worse. And Manly's tries were all like just fucking football, what, what rugby about, league football. What like, about Kevin, Kevin Agama after taking the intercept? Poor bastard. What happened to him? His hammy's fucked. Yeah, but it's like actually proper fuck. Though. Yeah, like that that guy. Like Cherry Evans is quick. He may still may may still have got him. He looked like he was running on a fucking treadmill. I remember Cherry Evans did a chase on someone earlier in the season, like Umbai or someone like that. When Umbai had like forty meters on him, and he was coming from the opposite end of the field and the opposite side of the field, and he got him right at the line or whatever. And I think he might have you know double movement it or you know rolled him with momentum. I but think Cherry Evans thinking, has a really long gait yeah. when he runs. Someone like Tedesco just looks like he's running at six million miles an hour. Yeah. But put him in a straight line race with, with Cherry Evans. I don't think there's much between them. He it was funny that Cherry Evans like, overran him by about five metres yeah, and turned like, around and ran him, rounded him up front on. But that was one of the biggest problems. And I think if, if Jason Taylor wants to say, look, you know, we've done our thing and our results haven't been great, uh, but, you know, we're building a foundation here and the foundation is going to be, you know, predicated on fucking solid defence and then we're going to go from there. That right-hand side cannot fucking stand there. And that right-hand side is not 15 weeks of defensive fucking focus. Look, let me tell you. Atrocious. If it's one thing I'm trying to drill into the uh, Springfield Panthers under eight white superstars, is that your first reaction when when that ball is fucking played, yeah. albeit in the under eight, you have to wait till the first receiver touches the ball before you move. Yeah. Your first your first movement should be forward. Exactly. I don't give a fuck if it's a step or a couple of steps. <laughs> but your first reaction, your first movement should be forward. Yeah. We've got Jackson loves thinking he's a cover defender. So he stops and then Wait sees, get by sees and where the move. ball's going and then tracks across. Yeah. I'm like, no, mate. I want you to move forward first. Yeah. Then, you know, we're going up in a line. We work together. Norfa <laughs> was going back. He was going sliding without moving forward. Yeah. He was... Oh, it's just oh. Then there was that try where there was a try he where Matai so scored. Concerned a... with covering f- for Mitch. Yeah, he wasn't worried about the guy. That he made him. himself look like a horrible defender, and I don't think he's a horrible defender. And it was even that try when Matai scored off the kick, and it's like he, like he ran his own guy off the ball, pretty much, like and just go. Yeah, you that, know. that was he just he just got himself all all at yeah. sixes and sevens in that one. It's the it's the ones 
even the ones that weren't tries, it's where Manly started to head that way. Yeah. And he's like, fuck, I can't go too far from Mitch. Yeah. And Moses, he's on the list of, of missed, you know, most missed tackles too. But it's one thing I'll give him. Fuck, he throws himself into his work. Mm. The fact that he, he is eight, he's struggling to be 80 kilo. Yeah. And he's trying to tackle, you know, he's got guys at 110 yep. and built like brick shithouses running at him. Sometimes you're 80 kilo and you throw yourself at him. It's just it, not going to physically it, work. It, it, yeah. the, the law of physics says that sometimes that's not going to be that effective. Yeah. Um, but you can't... I just... I just don't think Noffa has, should be the guy that's going to be Mitch... Fuck, defend Mitch one in and put a second rower between yeah. him and Noffa and make the second rower come in. Oh, I... Fuck! It just it made him look like a horrible defender, and then poor Kev's trying to cover for him, and um, it it just can't be like that. Mm. You, you, this is first grade, yeah. You know, you you can't have it, and it it fucking cost us because there was a lot of ground made down there. Yeah, um, there's some good know. some good breaks and at least two tries that I can remember that happened down there. Yeah, so Mattaway, the first look, try was the softest fucking thing you ever seen in your life too with Brett Stewart when you know was just catching pass and Stewart just straightened up and just slid over and there was, no one even tried to tackle. Yeah, you know, like. yeah, exactly. But then you you look at the replay and Offer immediately doesn't move paired up. up with the pair, yeah, yeah doesn't move up and then as as soon as you know the alarm bells start ringing and you've got to make instead of being confident in your structure, you've got to make a split-second decision against the guy that moves like fucking lightning. Yeah. It's... You, you can't and who's do already, that. who's already beaten you, but you don't even fucking know it yet. Exactly. You know? like, yeah. One pleasing thing I thought for Tigers, though, Betty White. Betty White into the pack. Fucking... I, I like it. I think it's a good move. Well, I and think I thought he actually looked all right, too. I think he's actually like a useful contributor in that position. Slow as fuck for a centre these days. Yeah, but, but he's, as far as second rowers go, very he's, sharp. He's like a he's like a pacey second rower, and yeah. like he seemed to be, you know, like the forwards weren't that bad, but I mean, he seemed to be like one of the better, you know, performers on the night. Yeah. It seemed like he sort of got himself halfway through a lot of times, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure a lot came of it, but you know, that's something to work with there. I um, there's been a lot, you know, said and written about Ciro. Um, but with Ciro being out, I, I think Lawrence is proving to be more effective. Because he's um, the same sort of thing too, like, you know, big dude. Yeah. And, you know, Sheenzy wanted to make him a fucking 5'8". Yeah. He's, he's got a bit of ball play in him. And, yeah. You know, yeah. He's got quite a good pass and from his, obviously, being a centre. Like, yep. he can he can put someone into space and um, and he's certainly big enough to take the contact. So, um, I'll be very disappointed... You know, even with his his history of injuries and and the things that have gone on with Chris Lawrence, I'd be I'd still be sad to see him leave the club. Yeah. And if this prolongs his time at the club, then so be it. Yeah. Um, but you know, he has to be an effective contributor. Yeah. No, I thought he was a. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at NZ Warrior Forum, in other news, Nate suddenly stops state stops hating on man of the match foreign. Hash made the team with the best Kiwis win. Hash <laughs> wants an eagle, always an eagle. Well, no, I mean like I <laughs> great performance. I fucking congratulate anyone finally turning up this year. And if he does that for a couple of weeks, then guess what? I'm going to tell him a great job for a couple of weeks too. If he could, if he repeats his performances where he's arm tackling, looking generally fucking disinterested, then you know it's great. I mean, this situation with Parramatta may have an un, un, you know it probably cost us some fucking games with his performances earlier in the season, but maybe it wins us some on the back end just because he's you know either auditioning to get back into the hearts and minds of, the, of his teammates and and fans, or he's auditioning for a role at a club that's not Parramatta. Either way. 
he's going to be trying to put his best foot forward and show some fucking value. And, you know, I'm not sold on him staying at Manly um, if he, you know, puts his first 13 rounds on the field. But if he does this every game, and, like, I don't even mean, like, he doesn't have to fucking set up all these tries, like the try to Matai and, and shit like that, that he didn't score. I think he scored one off a fucking Felitti Mateo masterstroke where he faked juggling the ball. I mean, set play. But <laughs> only Mateo can do that shit. Um, but if he fucking just puts the commitment and plays the game at 100 miles an hour like he did, then that's that's all I've ever asked from a player. Just act like you want to fucking be there. And then, you know, then the, the rewards come. Rewards being my love. Uh, boxcar Jason. A welcome return by Forum from his form injury. <laughs> Need a beater. Snake was a beautiful captain. So impressed by his poise under pressure and how articulate he was with the refs. Big night. Uh, Bay Bay BNC. Tigers are getting there, but showed tonight they can't match the caliber of the premiership favourites. Lokio. Finally, the preseason is over. This marks the start of the undefeated second half of the season. Uh, Life of Ty. Run DCE. Too good for run TMB. He's fucking loaded that up with hashtags and sent it to you and me this week in league. Hash real talk. Hash Ia Sparrow. On the on the on a night where we're commemora- commemorating uh, the uh, untimely passing of my father, um, I think un- uh, Run TMB is starting to uh, you know fucking TMB is starting to stand for time for the magic bruiser. You need we need a hand, need bruiser, a hand in bruiser in here somewhere or. Uh, <coughs> Because this time the hand of bruiser might be just fucking giving you a for and against boost so you're not last. Because at the moment it's the only thing that's stopping you. <laughs> Look, if, they, if there's still time for Manly, there's still time for a, a bunch of uh, young kids destined for destiny. <laughs> North Queensland Cowboys 21 defeated the Raiders 20 down at GIO in Canberra, and uh, the Cowboys 21 points came from Tristan Winterstein, Matthew Wright, and Gavin Cooper. Thurston, two of three conversions, a couple of penalties and a field goal. The deciding field goal, obviously. Raiders, 20 came from tries to Edric Lee, Blake Austin, Jack White and Croker, three from three conversions and a penalty goal. Despite a, another competitive showing from the Raiders, and that's probably been one of the stories of their season so far, I think um, overall this season they've been in every game they've played pretty yep. well. Yep. Um, Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately for the Raiders, the Cowboys roll on even with Louis Karma back in play. I'm not sure how long this is going to last. I'm not sure if they've peaked too early and, um, you know, an injury or two here or there, the the wheels really fall off them. But um, it, they're just finding a fucking way to win at the moment. And, you know, you look at the Parramatta game, you look at this game, you know, games where they haven't played that well, but they've still yep. managed to... to Gank out a win. Um, all, all signs are pointing to a, a pretty impressive back end and, and result this season for the Cowboys. Um, and it's going to have to be because I think this is this is the year that it has to happen. Um, it's a window year, like I said, the start of the season in the preview. I just, I, I don't know if it if it doesn't happen this year with with their form. Everything's, you know, it just looks like that. You know, the planets are starting to align for them, and if they fuck it up, yep. then who knows when when it will happen again. Thurston can't do it forever. He definitely and can't when do he it and when he's gone, they're back to the fucking bottom four. Sure, he's he's he makes that much of a difference. Yep. I agree. Um, is Gavin Cooper the most? I'm, I'm sure I've asked this before, but is mm. Gavin Cooper the most underrated yes. player in the NRL? 
Or in your hole in your own. I don't know, but he's fucking awesome. That guy, I, I just wonder if people watch him and the fact that the amount of time that, that, that Thurston lays it on for him, they're just like, oh, well, you know, you could put a one-armed leg but bunky in there at the, yeah. on the outside of Thurston and he could do it. No. But you know what? There's other fucking forwards in that team mm-hmm. that don't do what he does. Yep. And I just think he is a fucking fantastic player. Um, it it was actually good this season to hear him start getting a bit of a mention in in the Origin yeah. talks. Um, didn't get a run, but he um he he just he's, I mean defensively he's very sound, but his his edge running, his hole running, the lines he runs, um, he takes a crash ball. You know, so many second rails try and take those crash balls and and it cannons off their fucking chest or they drop it or. Well, that guy's yep. solid as fucking rock. He's like a big center. Sure. This is, he's fucking awesome. Yep. Um, you know, we spoke about JT. He was clutch yet again, and I think he's um, he's just adding highlights to his Hall of Fame reel at the moment. But um, the real the real test for his legacy is is he can can he turn this into a premiership? Um, I don't think they can do it with Louis in the side, and 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 Louis Karma aside, I think. He's he's just not the guy. Yep. I think they've got the mix right with Morgan at six and um and and Coot at one. And I think you you're disrupting they they're just they've fallen into it. I don't know that it's been good management because I think that their their plan was to have Louie there. They tried everything. Yeah. And it's just, it's just yeah. They've fallen into it and it's working fucking perfectly. Don't don't fuck it up by putting Louie in there. Yeah. It's 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 not the same, it's not gonna be the same. And they're just the right kind of players to complement what JT does. Yep. Um, and and you put them with the forwards that they've got. It's it fucking works. Don't fuck with it. And I I know that they'll their hand was forced given that Morgan couldn't play. When they, when Coot Morgan, JT and Granville are all fully fit, there you guys. Don't don't fucking put Ray Ray in there. Don't put Louie in there. Don't fuck it up for yourselves. Yep. Fantasy underscore NRL CEO said, I scream, hash Louie Karma at Louie on the bench all game. And he turns the glide at me when they win. I've got to check the definition again. <laughs> Guide of cheese AU. Thurston, world's biggest grub, but the refs don't have the balls to bin him. I don't know about world's biggest, yeah. but... Look, he's got it in him, but I don't think he's anything he, close to the world's biggest. He, he gets a... It's, I mean, he's not alone either. No. Slater gets his share. Cam Smith gets his share. And they're far worse. Sure. Yeah, far worse but, than Thursday. you know, they get their LeBron James calls. Yeah. The New Zealand Warriors, 36, fucking destroyed the Gold Coast Titans, 14, at Seabus. And uh, this one, Warriors, 36, came from tries to Nathan Friend, double to Sean Johnson. Um, Fatala Mariner also a try. Connie got a try. Bodine Thompson with a try. Six from six conversions from Sean Johnson. Big day for him. Uh, Titans 14 came from tries to Josh Hoffman, Lachlan Burr, James Roberts, and uh, one of two conversions to uh, Caesar. James Roberts' speed is just proving to be unstoppable. He he ran across field backwards. Yep. Shit, you wouldn't even see an under six, seven yep. player do. Yep. And, and just created. Yep. You know, in the NRL, just the confidence again, to fucking do that too. The toughest competition. The fucking dummy and the run that he threw was it last week? Yeah, that was the one from like down his own end, like ten meters out or something. It's fucking outrageous! Yeah. The odds of that coming off the way that it did. Yeah. Were yeah. 
astronomical. You know, he's he's got the ball, he's, he's run across field, he's had to sort of skirt backwards a bit. Next thing, he's, he's putting someone into space and... Yep. It's... He's, fuck, he's in scintillating form. Um, and just fantastic runner of the ball, but he's, he's looking to create. He's got a... You know, he's got the ability to get his teammates involved, which is which is excellent. Sean Johnson's 2015 slow burn starting to catch fire. Um, some really, you know, classic Johnson moments, I thought. Um, his footwork... Can you imagine him and two of us checking the same side next year? Give yeah. me a fucking break. Yeah. Well, gives him two weapons, doesn't it? Oh. <laughs> fucking breaking ankles. Two ankle. unpredictable That's fucking yeah, breaking ankle ankles break, yeah. left, left, right, and centre. Yeah. And, and teleporting. It's, it's crazy. Um, the step that he put on for his, I think it was his first try, where he took the ball, hit the, you know, hit some open space. Barely had time to to gather his thoughts, and next thing he left the fullback clutching at thin air, yep. a couple of meters out from his own line. Fucking brilliant! Um, I thought the Titans ten 0 up at home would have fancied their chances, but in the in the end, they just really turned over way too much ball on a on a Warriors Diamonds day. And if you give them the ball and they're on song, you, you end up with a scoreline like this. Um, they just they're an irresistible force, the Warriors, when they're when they're on. Unfortunately, it happens few and far between, and, and generally only happens consistently at the back end of seasons when they're trying to make a run, um, which they may well do this season again. But you know, if teams control the ball um, and control the tempo and, and and complete their sets and put them under pressure, kick to the corners, it, it's a fairly simple game plan that can beat the Warriors. Um, you probably still, no matter how um, effective you are at executing that game plan, you might you probably going to have to eat a couple of spectacular tries when you know a couple of passes stick or whatever. But uh, the result should generally go your way, I think, if you can really get into a grind, complete your sets at a really high level, um, and have a, a kicking game that can keep them down their end and, and build pressure. It's it's nothing new, but I think it's it's super effective against the Warriors. But when you start turning over the ball and, and offering them up broken field play and 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 you know, giving them the field position that they and, and allowing them to build pressure, repeat repeat sets, you just can't have them running at you consistently and expecting you know, to come up with the right decisions time after time and set after set. Um and the Titans certainly aren't a good enough side to do that. Paul Mack underscore 78. I took my Kiwi missus to the footy tonight. She was going full gronk with the ref's fault early. Then I remembered her maiden name is Chapman. How, how effective. G Campbell underscore 88. Warriors are mud. Most dangerous outside backs in the comp and they go from hooker or one off inside attacking 20. Johnson's a cat. Wow. On a day when they beat him 36-14 <laughs> coming from 10 nil down. Tough. Fucking tough. That's harsh, isn't it? That is a harsh critic right there. Um, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 24 defeated the Penrith Panthers 12. Uh, Doggies 24 came from double to Sam Perrett. Curtis Rona and Josh Reynolds also with tries. Mumbai 4 from 4 conversions. Panthers 12 came from a double to Bryce Cartwright and 2 conversions from 2 attempts to Jamie Seward. First of all, I want to talk about the Bulldogs jerseys. They were the NRL's answer to tap out. Like, I, I just get a feel like... There's a couple of things that go without saying in the NRL. One, the New Zealand Warriors are going to have fucking ton of jerseys every yeah. year. Two, the Dogs consistently 
are the biggest fucking eyesores in the history of rugby league with their jerseys. Especially when you look at their actual first string jersey. Very simple. Two colour really, simplicity itself. It doesn't really fucking come much simpler than that. <sighs> it's just, um, yeah. From their nines jersey last year to, to this abomination, mm-hmm. um, whoever's got the gig there and, you know, put the crayons down. Uh, Curtis Rona, first try scorer, yep. you know, extraordinaire this Every season. Game. This yep. season. Um, but does anyone remember him being this great a finisher when he was at the Cowboys? Hard to I say. Mean, he scored he some a, tries, but... <laughs> he, started, he had a really good start at the Cowboys, but when he signed, they kind of buried him a little bit. So, yeah. so look, I'm not going to hold too, you know, put too much stock in that. But, yeah, tremendous. Can finish and find the try line. Just... Um, yeah, I just I just don't remember him being that great. Yep. Bryce Cartwright will be the cornerstone of the Panthers pack for a decade. What a fucking talent that guy is. We'll never leave, you know, based on his you know, his lineage, you'd think. You well, you'd think so. I guess unless he's, um, unless he's you know, Carter's young boy probably had his hand forced, didn't he? So Yeah. Um, true. But just I don't know how many times you're gonna see him chipping and chasing. It was that was just one of those plays that came off for him, but his size, his athleticism, um, and his willingness to to really get in and get his hands dirty, that that's what sets him apart. He's just, um, I don't know, he just seems to have a good football brain. Yep. And you know, I, I had a knock on him in the in twenties games that I, I think he was probably he had had a bit of smoke blown up his ass about how great he was, and he, he was trying to do. Certainly in that 20s grand final, um, was it last year, year before? He was just trying to do too much. Yep. And, uh, you know, in first grade, he's, he's picking his moments a lot more, which you, you have to do at this level where everyone, you know, he's, he's essentially a rookie. Um, and, and he's got guys that, that demand a bit more of a priority as, from the <clears throat> the ball players than he will at this stage of his career. But, just uh you know his offloads you know that's you know on more than one occasion this season he's really stood out um from the pack so the panthers have got a good in there and you know if you talk to the perm he wants to get rid of docker yep um hates docker lewis for some brown's leaving you know there's obviously uh, we even heard a rumor sikamanu might be on the chopping block too but yeah, it feels like he's been on the chopping block the whole time yeah yeah so yeah, so good win from the dogs. They they fairly well controlled the game, I thought, and um, you know especially with Hodkinson out, um, handy replacement with them by. But um, you know, good performance all round, and they they certainly uh, a bit of a semi-finals type performance. Just the the way that they controlled things and and controlled the tempo of the game. Okay, um, we have a uh, Maddie McP twenty five. The Bulldogs need to sack Stevie Wonder as head of jerseys design. I agree. Yes. Undiluted seven. My team isn't very good at the moment. Injuries, though. Michael Darren, 79. My mum used to have a tablecloth that looked like the Bulldogs jersey. So did mine. Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 30. Defeated Newcastle Knights, 28. Hunter Stadium. Uh, Knights again, losing at their alleged fortress. Sharky's 30 points came from tries of Valentine Holmes. A double to Bird. Luke Lewis, Ben Barber also scores. 
Uh, four from five conversions to Michael Gordon and a penalty goal. The Knights 28 came from tries to Mamo, Bo Scott, Tumavave, Cade Snowden, uh, Kirk Idley, four of four conversions and two from two penalty goals. Jack Bird's price goes up every week. Uh, doubling this game. Um, his performance against the Roosters not all that long ago. He's, he's a footy player. Yep. Um, and a quality one at that. Just, uh, you know, how he fits into the plans um, with the arrival of Maloney next season. You know, does that mean Robson just goes? You think so. Um, I think so. I thought there was some quality footy from both sides in this game. Um, the Knights were, were up and... and Up fairly well too. Pretty yeah. Good. Definitely. Um, they were definitely motivated to, to put in a good performance and the Sharks showed some real resolve to, to hang on and get another win. Barber with a couple of sparks in attack. And, oh, look, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to see it. Um, you know, if he ever regained that sort of form from 2012, and it's, you know, it's probably 600 million to one, um, that he'll ever replicate anything like that again. But I'm not sure anyone's expecting it to amount to much for Cronulla he's um, he's been far too enigmatic and, and inconsistent over the last season or so and uh, I don't know I don't know what demons he has to exercise and um, and get back to that but I, I just think at the moment short of you know a few highlights here and there like we saw in this game I, I, I think it's a little bit beyond him these days yep yep Trent Slats the haters can say whatever they want about Newcastle, but they can never take away that March Premiership. <laughs> it's true. Corey Davis, 0-3. The Newcastle Knights have been able to do something the Broncos couldn't last year. Make Ben Barber look good. <laughs> so Barber scored a try and set one up. And um, Flano, very high on him after the game. Jesus. Said he had one job out there and to make shit happen. And uh, he actually did. Pretty so, simple I mean, uh, he's real keen from Flano. He's really keen to get regain his, his, his one jersey, but you know, I, I think he'll struggle until next year to do that. I think, I think uh, they're fairly settled. Um, Brisbane Broncos 14 to feed the Melbourne Storm 12 uh, down at Amy Park. The Broncos 14 came with tries to Lachlan Maranta, Jack Reed, Corey Oates, Jordan Carhu, one of three conversions. Storm double to Blake Green, Cameron Smith, two of two conversions. High quality game, much has been. Uh made of, of Brisbane's defensive effort in this game, and it, it was fucking miraculous. Um, <laughs> I was, was, I was curious to see how you, what you'd think of it. I, I thought it was, you know, you can't deny it was, it was a great performance. I think it was Brisbane's defence versus Melbourne's structure. Um, granted, other teams are going to ask more questions than Melbourne did without, you know, a couple of their biggest names. You put Slater and, and Cronk in there, you know, do they muster up more than, you know, a bunch of kicks into the end goal? Yeah. You know. Brisbane still had to defuse them, and they did. Um, does Cronk, you know, and just the mere presence of Slater, does that open a gap here or there? Um, hard to say, but um, for what it was on the day, it was it was still, you know, eleven or twelve repeat sets, um, and you know, coming coming off their own line, and and some of the first contact, you know, with guys running running crash lines and some of the first contact was was fucking impressive and it's a testament to their to their commitment defensively um matt parcel wins the game for brisbane 
I'm pretty sure that's not the last time we'll be hearing that. But that tackle on Kafusi, yep. where he, he got the ball and there was oodles of space out wide, he really only had to draw and pass, and there was a try probably in the corner for the winger. Um, he looked up and saw a guy that um, probably isn't at this stage, um, it, although he has put on a fuckload of weight during the preseason to, to you know to give himself the best shot of playing some first grade. Um, not the biggest guy out there. No. Nope. And he ran straight at him and was definitely fencing his chances of getting out of the top of him and got fucking belted. Um, for a guy that's, you know, that's his third game of first grade, for a guy to stand up and pull, put on a play like that, um, you know, it, it, I hope he gets more opportunities um, to continue to prove he belongs. I was, I was really impressed. And, um, the Storm weren't as, as great as what, you know they can be, and certainly as scintillating as they have been at pat- in patches this um, this season. But Brisbane's performance was um, defensively. It it was if that's what you see in the semi-finals, then teams are going to have to ask some serious questions um, and be and execute to the nth degree to beat it. Um, I just you know. There's been a lot of a lot of talk either way about how great they were or about how you know Brisbane fans are carrying on, and I'm not sure which side of the fence I probably subscribe to at the moment. As far as you know, anything over and above saying that it was a it was a great you know they did their d- defensive duties on the day and, and it was was super effective for them. They made yeah, they made the tackles they had to make, and the storm were fucking diabolical. I mean, like defending one out shit. One out and a kick. Not impressive, yeah. but they did what they they did what was thrown at them. Yeah. I mean, the storm obviously weren't going to do much of anything without Kronk. If they're still doing, if they pull that, you know, <laughs> every week for a month or so, and that's their that's oh, if they their do defensive. it against even if they do it against the storm. I mean, if they did it against the storm, storm that had Kronk. Mm. Don't even worry about Slater. If they even if they had Kronk, I think you would have got a lot more variety and and questions asked. Because Cameron Smith, I mean, you know, as veteran and good as he is. He can't fucking... He can't do it himself. Yeah. It was... Um, but Broncos, you know, they keep getting over hurdles every week. Regardless, Melbourne's a tough place to win, um, you know, when they do have the majority of their players. And um, they went down there and um, and got the job done. Yeah. Now, and I think my perspective on this game is um, it's completely uninfluenced by commentary. Because I was at my auntie's place down in Port... And um, a lot of family there and people were talking everything and the volume was actually down the TV. So I was just watching the game and not listening to the commentators. Absolutely, you know, presumably just masturbating all over themselves about what a, you know, mighty fucking thing. I mean, <coughs> to be honest, I don't even know who the commentators were for that game. I mean, if Phil Gould was there, I mean, no doubt about it, that he would have just been absolutely fucking ejaculating all over himself and calling, you know, whatever superlative under the sun. But um, I do it with UFC a lot as well. You take the commentary out of it and different fucking... Just, Totally How can you turn Joe Rogan off? How dare you? Because he fucking talks such shit and goes so over the top about stuff that's not actually true. He calls a fight the way he he wants it to, wants to believe it's happening, and you know he'll and uh, you know sometimes it's because he wants to talk a, uh, talk you as the as the viewer into believing that a fight's closer than it is, or maybe they're trying to push a certain guy, and so he's you know fucking all on that guy's nuts. Sometimes the guy's just a personal friend of his, or someone he knows pretty well, or you know someone that you know. You know, his friend trains or, you know, something like that. But, I mean, yeah. <coughs> he's, uh, yeah. 
He's very, very biased commentator. I like Joe, but he's, he's a biased fucking commentator at times. And there's sometimes where you watch a fight and there's an outcry about the decision. And you th- and and you watch it without the commentary and you go, oh, it's fucking actually blatant to that guy. But you don't realise at the time when fucking Joe's only calling one side of the fight, you know, you don't realise what's happening. Um, Jim Man Bearpig. I question the title credentials of any team that makes Reed look like a centre. That means you, Storm. Uh, Jake underscore Chook. TLDR. Too long, didn't read. Broncos fans getting bonus because they beat a Storm outfit. Sands, Cronk and Slater by two points. Freako 9. How about that defensive efforts from the Bronx? Fucking sensational. Hash Bronk Wall. Mr. Underscore Wars. Very, pride, very proud right now. Premiership winning defence. Something very special just happened. <laughs> I, I made sure to get all sides. In his pants. Tall Hayden. I think Melbourne failing to score was more of them offering nothing in attack than Brisbane defence. Deep grubbers don't get tries. And uh, Matty McP25, fantastic effort by the Broncos, but never has the evidence of the Storm's decline been more evident. The Sydney Roosters, 19, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 14, Monday night foot bitch, down at Allianz, and this one, the Roosters, 19, came from a double to Sean Kenny Dowell. Kane Evans also with a try. Maloney, two or three conversions, one penalty goal, a field goal to Jake Friend, and the Dragons, 14, came from tries to Peter Matautia, Gareth Widdop, Two of two conversions to Widdop and a penalty goal. Who would be proudest of young Sean? Dad one or dad two? Had well, a fucking cracker of a game. He's up into the uh, second, is it now? Second on the yeah. all-time Roosters try-scoring list, which is a fucking impressive effort for a man that has shown not a, not a great deal of ability shown to be able bare, to catch bare, a ball. Bare traces of talent. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Imagine if he if he actually caught he caught the chances that he had offered to him, he would he would have scored four hundred tries. You know, can catch an intercept from fucking Liam Fulton and run 70 metres and score in the opposite corner. Pinpoint pass there from Fulton. As you'd expect from a man of his talent. Um, but Sean Kenny Dell has had fucking dick fingers here for, you know, <laughs> in patches for, for long periods of time. Yep. Um, I thought it was a solid win for the Chooks and an important one. The Dragons showing that oh, I think that they have a step to go to match it, the with the best sides in the big games, but it's definitely not beyond them. They've got they've got a lot of tools and they've got a lot of, um, you know, the nucleus of their side is definitely uh, more than capable of, of contending. And, and I've got some words to eat with regards to the Dragons. I don't... I didn't see this... Certainly after the first couple of rounds of the competition, I didn't see this level of attack in them. And, um, you know, they play some good footy. And that try that Widdop scored to put him, you know, right back in the game. Uh, it's is that a McGregor sort of signature? You know, they got so used to playing under Bennett and playing a really Dow style because that was the that was the players they had. But you look at them now, fuck, they got some talent. Yep, yep. I think jury's still out. We still got half a season to go, and hopefully they can, you know, pull out of. More losses than wins they've had over the last couple of weeks, so let's hope they can pull out of that. They haven't lost two games in a row all year, I don't think. Mm. So let's see if they can uh, keep that going. Roosters, though, they'll be there or thereabouts at the end. They're building. Sure. Jake underscore Chook. Uh, no Moa, no, no Moa, no JWH, no Jennings, Ferguson, a passenger. Beating third place team at full strength. 2000 grand final replay looming? Question mark. Jesus. Tulgenfeld. SKD is nuts. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> GJ McDonough 
10,000 attendance. Oh, come on. The Gold Coast don't even use that joke anymore. <laughs> Corey Davis, 0-3. Jackson did make the point that there was no one there. Yeah. Corey Davis, 0-3. You know you're doing terrible when the Roosters don't have to intentionally give away penalties. <laughs> Previews for uh, round 16 of 2015 NRL Telstra Premiership. South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, ANZ Stadium. And uh, this one, refereed by an absolute fucking unholy triumvirate of Matt Chech and Henry Paranara and old cockeye Luke Patton in a fucking box. Quite early rest fall, but holy fuck, some team's going to get fucked. That's what you know. When you see those guys <laughs> together, you know someone's getting fucked and there's going to be rest fault call because these guys cannot fucking referee a straight game individually and put them together. I expect a spectacular clusterfuck to occur. Pretty strong side for the Rabbitohs and um, I'm probably going to have to, you know, albeit after Manly's good win last week after a premiership, uh, over a premiership contender, uh, I'm going to have to lean towards the Rabbitohs just given the strength in their side. Uh, Inglis is there. Adam Reynolds, uh, you know, back in the side and firing. I um, I think the Rabbitohs might just squeak out a little victory over the Eagles here. Manly back on track, undefeated second half of the season. Um, no more troops coming back this week, but they got the job done last week. And, uh, you know, with a, with a minor blip on the radar, they haven't been too bad of late. Um, <clears throat> they're only going to get better. As the combinations start to come back, because these guys actually playing together, I mean, I'd, I hate to see the statistics on how many games Brett Stewart, Kieran Foran, and Cherry Evans have played together this year. I think Foran and Cherry Evans have played three games together for two wins, and um, Brett Stewart, I'm not sure, he's probably played most of the games this season with one or the other, depending on who was out, you know, for origin or injury or whatever. But um, <clears throat> this is the first time apparently that um, the Twins are going to take on Luke in a game. So. Oh yeah, and the Burgeye. Yeah, the Burgeye. Yeah, massive decline from the Burgeye this season. Sam was certainly the the best one far and away. George has been surprising. Even some so. South fans, South fans have really turned on him. Tom um, start. Tom starts over George. I mean, yeah. and remember when Tom was like the you know he sometimes didn't get a run. He was fringe. He was the the John Snow of. He was the he was the Luke Burgess of the Burgess family. <laughs> 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 but um. Yeah, now, now he's a starter. George uh, just dropped off with our big bro in the house. Um, but yeah, look, Reynolds obviously week on week he's going to get better as he re- as he returns and you know things start to come back and you know combinations start to come back. As far as him being injured, you know he's got a similar you know problem I suppose that uh, you know Foran had. I mean, although you know Foran's injury was just a just form rather than an actual real life injury. Um, but I have faith that the team, the confidence, is starting to come back. And uh, if they don't win, they'll certainly give a very good account of themselves as they continue on to their undefeated second half of the season premiership victory. So in case you didn't understand what I was saying there, Manly 13 plus. Jesus. Please stop. Brisbane Broncos take on the Newcastle Knights. Friday Night Football, Suncorp Stadium. I don't know how much I want to talk about this game. Broncos by 1,000. The Knights are going to get fucking slaughtered. They're the worst team in the comp at the moment, by far. Um, they're actually now last on points as well. And this, this game is going to fuck their four and against to the point where it doesn't matter if Manly win or not that they won't be last this week. Yeah, I think uh, the Knights are in for a long night. Broncos are seriously going to win by 30 if they, if they fucking turn up. You know, if they've got their head in it. 
you know, it's very easy to take the Knights, Knights lightly. I can see how it'd be very easy for a team to do that because they're absolutely horse shit at the moment. But I just I think Wayne, yeah, ex club sort of thing too. There's yeah. always that spice in there. They'll keep them switched on. New Zealand Warriors take on the Canberra Raiders. Mount Smart. I think this will be a cracker of a game, and I think Blake Austin will play well for the Raiders. Um, I'm going to call this a, this is going to be a, a, a typical 2015 Raiders performance where they're going to compete really well, probably off the back of Blake Austin but they're going to lose to the Warriors. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the New Zealand Warriors as well. Um, I think I saw enough, I saw enough from Sean Johnson last week to to indicate that uh, he's playing with a fair bit of confidence at the moment, and that's a dangerous thing. Um, he's probably left yeah. it too late to get his Dally M. No, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah I... Um, the Raiders really have to dominate in the forwards, um, and they've got the size. I just, I just don't know if they've got the sort of um, offload and, and skill factor that uh, you know Madalino, Ryan Hoffman, um, sorry, the captain and the captain uh, possess. So, I think you know, based on the platform that they'll lay for Sean Johnson, I think the Warriors will win. North Queensland Cowboys take on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks up at 1,300 teeth this one Saturday afternoon. 12 in a row for the Cowboys. I can't see the Sharkies beating them up there, no. um, given the form the Cowboys are in, unfortunately. Um, it's just, this This is one of these games like the... You know, no JT. Yeah, he's being rested. That's right. And still, uh, I don't see the, I still don't see the Sharks. Because this is the thing, the Sharks can drag a side down to their level... And beat them with experience. And, and beat them with experience. And, and yeah, there were points scored in that last game, but it was, you know, they scored 30 points on the worst team in the comp. Yeah. So, look, I just don't think that... I, I think the Cowboys, I mean, they'll lose... The, clearly, they'll lose something in attack with Thurston not being there. Sure. However... If they're going to drop one, it'll be this one. Yep. However, I still think defensively they've got the Sharks covered. I mean, even if it's a low-scoring scoring game, I still think the Cowboys have got the troops to get over top of them. Sure. <clears throat> Parramatta Eels take on St. George Illawarra Dragons at the Pillow Fortress. Fuck me. The Eels have got so much stuff going off the field. Um, can they even concentrate on football? Um, a lot of times that does bring a side together and they come out and win that next week. But um, I don't think the Eels have got the culture to do that. <clears throat> it's fairly obvious that they don't. Uh, I think the the Dragons are a team to beat here. I think they'll, they'll win 13+. plus. And I think so too. I mean, as I said that before, the Dragons haven't lost two games in a row, and uh, it's not a Monday night game, which is another seemingly another Achilles heel for the Dragons. <clears throat> and I think, based on what we saw last time against a, a much better side in the Roosters, I think yeah, the Dragons are home. Sydney Roosters take on the Gold Coast Titans, Central Coast Stadium. This one. Oh, on Sunday. That's interesting. Um, yeah, Roosters by plenty. Titans were uh, were humbled. Yeah, just weren't really in the game last week, and I, I think um, the Roosters probably got over that hump a little bit, and I think they'll win. It's going to come a time when the when the the the, the feels that come from the fact they can't sign a quality player <laughs> is going to come and you know just beat this club down. And uh, we always we saw signs last week when they were humbled at home, and I think it's going to continue with another epic humbling by the Roosters. Sunday. Afternoon Channel 9 game. West Tigers take on the Penrith Panthers or the Penrith Cripples as they should be lately. 
This one, I'm picking the Tigers for the simple fact that without Moylan, Penrith are shit. Yeah. I'll... It's not a knock on Penrith. It's through no fault of their own. No. They've taken a fucking hell of an injury toll, much like Manly did as well. Although they've, they've got, you know, some of the troops are back. But Moylan seemed to just hold them together through the worst of it. And with him gone, they've looked to be a different side. Yeah, I think the Tigers, the worst. Tigers will win, worst. and uh, provided they don't take their opposition lightly. Marty um, <clears throat> Tapia, I think, uh, be pretty disappointed with how he went last week, and uh, he'll be looking for a big one against Panthers, so Tigers 13+. plus. It's, probably, it's really possible. Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs take on the Melbourne Storm at Belmore. This one, Monday night, Footbitch. Monday night in Melbourne, Bulldogs. I've I've got a bit of a gut feeling about the Bulldogs. Bulldogs at home, and that's that's the same storm side as storm side as last week. Um, no Cronk, although I hear that he's you know possibly going to be right to return for the last Origin game. So does that mean at some point is he is he right to return early for this game? I don't know. It might be a last minute thing, um, <clears throat> but. The Storm are, are massively ineffectual in attack at the moment without without Kronk and certainly without Slater, who's gone for the rest of the year. So with that in mind, I think the Doggies are playing well enough as a team that they can uh, yeah. you know, score enough points to get over the top of them. I think the Morris boys, Mbai. Um, and then, obviously, you're attacking forwards like Pritchard and Eastwood. be too much for uh, too much for the Storm. And that is full time for episode 194. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. And uh, last week, tremendous job on the sharing and stuff like that, guys. Good job. Keep it up. Um, only takes a second to, to share us on Facebook, and we've seen massive, after six years, massive ticks up of listeners week on week. So you guys are really evangelizing us, and you know we can see it happening on Facebook, and um, it's certainly happening on Twitter as well. Um, and so I don't know where, how else it's happening, but if it's just because of those two things, it's fucking amazing. Um, now, iTunes had a couple of reviews over last week. Awesome. And uh, right. some of them, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure who they came from. Some of them are made very obvious though by, by the, uh, the handle. We had a Aussie underscore Oi. For me, well, sorry, great listen, enjoyable stuff, five stars. For me, the best rugby league podcast was an eclectic mix of enjoyable banter, game gossip and news, game reviews and predictions, and many things in between. I've sampled other rugby league podcasts. However, there isn't a scratch on this week in league. Now it's only Twill, which I can highly recommend. That's Tremendous. Just beautiful. One-Eyed Tiger. Must listen for every, for every serious NRL fan, five stars. You can blame ref's fault for your team losing on the weekend, but you can't blame them for not subscribing to this great podcast. Tremendous. Brilliant. Gem of a pod, five stars from uh, Ferrazra. This is a brilliant and informative pod on the NRL. What makes it so special is the raw opinions the lads offer, which at times may be uh, proactive with plenty inbuilt banter to keep you tuned in. The pod represents a true fan's perspective on the game and it's definitely not for the faint-hearted. Brilliant. So, um, seriously, with the iTunes thing too, I mean, I know some people use Androids and, you know, if you're using like a, an iDevice... The, one of the best ways you can support the show is by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes and giving us a review. Um, if you know if you've listened this you know this far in the show, presumably you'd 
wouldn't be uh, averse to giving a review, so get in there and do it. And um, the fact that our, our our subscriber levels and our and our and our hits and everything are so high after all of these years is just testament to the fact that we've got so many fucking reviews and ratings from listeners far more than you know a lot of mainstream mainstream podcasts sure. as well so it's, it's a definitely a point of pride uh tipping david kingston number one three points ahead of the pack then we've got a log jam ben diggity bush lemon chris blackwell uh one point back we have Solzy, scott Beebe, doug manola calvete you're slipping come on mario siegs come on i want to say your name exactly the new exotic if you drop out of the top 10 jeez and Matthew Bell wraps out wraps up the top ten, so we've got a bit of a gap now. Five points from first till tenth. Uh, Alex underscore day <laughs> tweeted that here I am tipping away, not watching the ladder. Next minute here on Twill, I'm running third, gunning for you, Kingston. Hash just the tip. Unlucky for you though, uh, Alex, because you were third, and now you're out of the top ten after a terrible week on the tip. So easy come, easy go. Fantasy. A change at the top, finally. The Wendells have caught Rick Grimes' bitch, and uh, they're over the top, and quite significantly too. They must have had a really good. Uh, Really good round, and um, yeah, they actually beat him by over, by 100, over 150 in the last round, so that's the difference. Wow. Uh, Rick Grimes, bitch, one trick pony, the pool cues, top china dragons, Bobbers, warhorse, too much tuners, Toto's terrors, and Filetti, my willy. Butsy, triple eight on Twitter. He is the uh, the owner of the uh, the Rick Grimes, bitch side. The fucking Wendells like thieves in the night. I hate Sean Johnson, little golden boot wearing fuck. <laughs> So that was the difference, clearly. The pick the ladder comp. A little note from uh, DJX playing at the top. Back on top. Yeah, you have seven picks in the correct four-round bracket and three direct hits. Nobody has had the minor premier correct since round four or the spoon correct since round five. So uh, I'm on top. I went up three places. Big mover, Saluni Poz, went up 26 places to number two. Shithead Listener dropped two to number three. Then we had... Um, Liana, Jason Jehan, he's up 28 places. Uh, Devonhead, up 14 places. Uh, Fubar, underscore 84. Mitch, underscore J, underscore Hooper, he went, dropped two places. Another big mover, James Thew, he jumped up 26 places to ninth. And Sam McNally, 5482, went up 14 to take out 10th. I fucking love this competition. Like, not because I'm winning, but because every week... It doesn't hurt that you're winning. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt, but I love the fact that, like, someone can drop 30 places in a week. Or like someone can go up yeah. forty places and be the, the top. Like, it's it's great because it's not just someone building a lead through the whole season. It's awesome. I love it. Um, excellent idea, DJ explain. Excellent algorithm, especially the fact that it keeps me on top. So I love it. Um, shop. Glenn's going to let me know which are these two tigers and declines that we have left in the stock. Um, and like all those other ones have gone out there, have they? Yes. Wow. Okay. So there are two left. There you go. And. Um, of course, we've got hats and stubby cools and things like that. So get around those. Um, you can still order run TMB shirts, run DCE shirts. If you want to guarantee either of those in your size, especially if you're a larger gentleman and uh, you want to make sure we get one of your size, make sure you get in as fast as you can. Um, if you yeah, if you live within the, the small to XL kind of bracket, we'll probably have a, a little bit of stock extra and have you covered. But um, if definitely if you're, uh, if you're 2XL up or kid sizes, get in super fast. And that's it. I can't, I've, I've gone from absolutely teeth-chattering freezing to boiling, boiling hot fucking like fever over the course of the show, but uh, we made it. And uh, you managed to stay awake even though you look like fucking death warmed up as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to struggle. <laughs> I'm going to fucking struggle, let me tell you. This is... 
I'd stand up because I was starting to doze off in the chair. That's good times. Yep, yep. Well, good times, and you got an hour's drive ahead of you. That's it. And I, and I, will, I will edit the podcast and get it out too over the next hour and a half or so. Well, so, if I die, just uh, remember me fondly. Remember you as the guy who the, the who, who the penmanship of the Lottie Takiri song. Fuck, is that is it really? The That's team. where you're gonna go. Oh, you know the the team of de- undefeated team of destiny. Oh, this is a lot of Just basically, just 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 awful, Tigers un- awful, untrue dribble. shit about the West Tigers and their chances of success. Yeah, anyway, we're back this week. It's all good. <laughs> all right, see you next week. See ya. This week in league, roll up, roll up to the Manly Circus featuring the Turbros and the Backflip. What the, I didn't put that in there. The Backflip Brothers. <laughs> roll up, roll up to the Manly Circus featuring the Turbros and the Backflip Brothers. You didn't say this week in league. I oh, didn't either. <laughs> when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers, and if you have a lot of mailing to do. Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.